You know how I got started in fighting? Huh? No. Am I talking too loud? Three no. minutes! My father, he's uh, my old man. He was never too smart. He says to me, you weren't born much of a brain, you know, so uh, you better start using your body, right? So I've become a fighter. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why you, are you left? My mother, she said the opposite thing. What'd she say? What'd she say the opposite? She said you weren't born much of a body, so you better develop your brain. Did she say that? Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And we are gathered here today to talk about Rocky. Yeah. But not the horror picture show. Nor Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> which we've talked about before, but I think it's just a That's gone right over my head. North American thing. I think it's both an age thing and a location thing. So it if did, you're in North America... It did come over here. Did it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically it's Cold War propaganda, isn't it? Mm. Where the, the, the bad people were like Russians. I forget what their names <laughs> were, but it was like, I didn't really watch it, but... It I'm was like Olga over. and Andrev or something <laughs> like that. And like, you know, oh, gee, Rocky, what should we do? Oh, I don't know. We yeah. should uh, save for America. <laughs> All right! <laughs> he says with a bottle of Sam, Sam Adams in front of him. Well, we're, we're here to talk about actually a bit of an American icon today yeah. in Rocky. Yeah. But before we get there, let's talk about some places outside of the United States, places that uh, we continue to do well in. Liam, we are still the number one film podcast in Sierra Leone. That's brilliant. I love it. I, so good. Are we Thank the you, only film podcast in Sierra Leone? <laughs> fair, I will say that their film review chart is one. <laughs> it's us. <laughs> But we're also the fifth in all of TV and film, and there's like 15 of those. Oh, okay. okay and we're so like, we're not doing too we bad. were number one in that category for a while, oh, too. Wow. So, yeah. And if and we're featuring on the chart, someone must have downloaded it somewhere. Someone right? must have downloaded yeah. it. Absolutely. At least one person. At least one person. Sierra Leone has downloaded it. And then our also, thank on you, this, one person. Greece is the word. We are Ooh. number, we were top five this week in oh, wow. Greece. Yeah. So, turns out we are the one that they want. <laughs> brilliant. I, I do wonder if it's friend of the podcast. I was just going to say, is it Nick? How much oh, is he yes, downloading, yeah. I wonder? Is he still in Greece? I think he might be. Thank As you, Nick. Nick and Russ Nick. Nick and Russ Nick. Mm. I, think, I think he's still in Greece on holiday. Mm. He might not be. Don't know. Maybe, maybe. He, maybe he did what we asked him to. Maybe he, when, when we asked him to like speak that Greek <laughs> blessing over <laughs> the podcast, also, maybe it's worked. Does it, is it work, does it work locationally like that, or would it work by like what? setting your phone is in i don't know if it's that's a good question i don't know if it's which apple podcast store you're hooked up yeah, to or if it's location if i all of a sudden go to canada is it going to count mine as i i, I, don't, I don't know who knows don't know i don't know if but i know, do let us know but mm. i do know that we are still charting in australia australia mate. Australia. Yeah. that's not a podcast this is a pod <laughs> i was even call s- that a podcast i don't know what accent that is <laughs> 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 it was scottish all right you always go back to scottish it's the only one i can sort of do Mike Myers, Canadian Scottish. Exactly. It is that. It is that. You remind me of someone. (laughs) And then we've got... (laughs) That's very funny. And then we've got Germany. Oh, nice. uh, Which uh, we've done well before in Germany. Go on, try that accent. I am not going to try that accent. And that is my gift to the people of Germany. Because we still... Because we want them to stay downloading the podcast. And if I do that, it'll get classified as a hate crime because it's that bad. And then finally, uh, here at home, Great Britain, we continue to chart. And that is fantastic. So anybody here in the good old GB, UK, whatever we want to call Mm -hmm. it, 
If you're UK, you a okay with us. Sunny old England. Yep. Sun, sun, yes. So I can do an England. American cool. doing a fake. Cool, blimey, governor. <laughs> All right. Um, and then, uh, no Belgium, but we still love Belgium. Yeah, we do love we Belgium. We do love Belgium. We know, love Belgium we, more if someone sent us some chocolate. We know you'll be yeah. back, Belgium. Yes, please. We do. We do. Um, and so, uh, I don't know how to express, but you know, come. By the time people are listening to this, we will have crossed the four thousand listens threshold. Oh wow! Awesome. Which is great. That's, yeah, that's thank you guys. Because cool. I had a number for where I wanted to get in a year, and we're getting pretty close to that. Oh, cool! I think you can imagine if we're at four thousand, you can guess <laughs> four thousand and one. What I was thinking, <laughs> but we've got until like March to do that, and I'm like, I think we're going to be okay. I think so. Too. I yeah. think so. We too. might even double that. We might. She's put it out an there. Extra, an extra digit. If you want She's to be part it. of our march to double that, so double 5,000 would be at least 6,000. At least 6,000. By March. Oh. Least 6, by March. <laughs> so go ahead. Tell a friend. Um, or just, you know, download it twice. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> download it, delete it, download it again. That's, they all, they all kind of count, so I will take that. Uh, Shout-outs for the week. Uh, the Paul and Griff Show. We love the Paul and Griff we Show. Do they do a great, great, great job. And they did this weird thing where they went on Twitter and, like, imagined – I think it's like if, like, podcasts had, like, porn names. So they, like, like <laughs> renamed us all, and we became breast film ever. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny, actually. I mean, I was going with something a lot lazier than that. Were you? I was okay. just replacing film with a different Oh, word. different thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think theirs is more clever. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then we have, uh, it's a musical podcast. We've been doing lots of back and forth. They've been recommending us. I've been recommending them. They just do good stuff. They basically do what we do, but they do it with musicals. Nice. So I will take that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think somewhere down the line, if we do another musical, there's a natural crossover, maybe, maybe... Maybe a little bit of a collaboration. <laughs> but um, we had Bigfoot for Breakfast podcast. He gave us a rec, so thank you very much. Our usual friends, Not Before Coffee, M at Verbal Diorama. Uh, we had a new listener by the name of Russell Osborne, who I did my usual, I challenge you to give us five minutes. And he went, all right. And then he wrote back to me saying he loves Seven. He thought Seven was a great episode. Oh. The episode, so. not just seven minutes of it. No, no. He just, he just he, yeah, he said, <laughs> better seven, than five. Seven I did minutes seven. In and then yeah. Loved it and turned it off. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Smith, uh, who wanted to remind me that, no, no, there's many more um, David Fincher films we could do. He highlighted the social network. I'm like, yeah, I forgot about the social also, network. Dwayne Gone Smith, Girl. He didn't tweet at all about Maleficent last week. Did he not? No. And mm. I, even went, I even went through my personal Twitter account, found his account, and went, wait, the last thing he tweeted was Moana. I wasn't. I wasn't okay. So Dwayne Smith, pick your act up, mate. <laughs> Did Georgia just Engage. submit to stalking Dwayne? I, I think it's like yeah. Revert. I don't well, know. Well, no, I went through here. our. I went through our thing and then just clicked yeah. on his profile and had a quick look because I was. I was just intrigued. <laughs> I wanted you, to give him a follow? shout out. Did you follow? No, I haven't followed. That him. is stalking, then, isn't it? If you just do it, in the <laughs> <laughs> it's but to be fair, if we're talking with David Fincher. That's the kind of sort of material well, he writes go. about. Okay. So you're all right. You no. are a David Fincher heroine. I wanted to give him a shout out on talking the Mickey. Okay. But I couldn't find anything to shout him out I about. I think he's reached so, friend you know. of the podcast status. We generally just drop his name yeah. and whatever. Uh, Sorry, Dwayne. Spooky Scary Sunny, who said, Your podcast have been some of the best I've listened to this year. Keep it up. Thank you. Whoop, whoop. We, Thank you very much. We shall, Spooky Scary Sunny. Yeah. Uh, Carlo, our friend at Carlo, uh, at Thief CGT. I think he's, an, he's a must-follow on Twitter if you're into films. He gave us a record on International Podcast Day. Uh, the Effin' Nerds podcast, which they did a nice, like, I, I shared it with the group. They did a nice little two-minute kind of uh, mini review shout-out of, of our show on their show. And, like, video one. Video one, yeah, fancy. And mm. uh, I, I was already, had one in the, in the pile to, to listen to. I gave it a listen today. And... Um, they do some really cool stuff. It's like if they just like if if like what we do at the start of an episode, if you made it like an hour and a half of that, 
of just here's what's going on in the news, here's what's going on. If you heard about, so like they talk about film trailers, talk about scheduling news, they talk about, so they talked about Madonna, there's a, there's a Madonna biopic, which oh, okay. she's writing. Ooh. Oh. Speaking about, you know, it was kind of fitting for today, you know, f- stars. So who, it's not going to be real then. Who, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be very fictitious. <laughs> um, I think Madonna's lost the plot of it myself. Yeah, I do. Um, I remember when she talked about falling down the stairs at the Brit Awards <laughs> and like she started crying because my fans deserve better. I'm like, you were out of touch, lady. The fans loved you for that. That thing went yeah, viral. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, I've disappointed them. Not really. I think you were more relevant than you've been in five years, Oh, my love. goodness. You made yourself look human. Yeah. And did a silly it's, thing. Yeah, it's, it's, okay to be, it's okay to be slightly, you know, human, yeah. flawed, whatever you want to call it. It. Uh, so there's that. Um, they did. Oh, I'm actually in a conversation with them today about Little Miss Sunshine, which. Uh, I do love that. I film. love Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, I've never seen it. So I called it a perfect film, and they said, really can't disagree with you there. So uh, definitely. Did you just hear what Liam said? He's never seen You've it. Never oh, I know. I know. I know. And okay. yet somehow we're still friends. I don't know how this is working out. <laughs> Okay, that's it. That's this, my whole, exit. this whole podcast has been a giant setup for me to force him to watch Little Miss Sunshine that's at some point. That's the only reason we're still is. here. But, yeah. but I'm playing the long con with it. I'm not doing it week one. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to wait for this one. Going to build an audience first. And then finally, defining Disney, who, um, well, they just do good stuff where, where they are, and uh, we appreciate them, and they seem to appreciate us, and that's yeah. kind of the way it is. There's room for everybody at the table at the podcast. Absolutely. We like that. So we do like that. Uh, some movie news. And this week it's all kind of eh. Mm. First off, No Time to Die has no time to be shown on screens. Oh, I know, right? Oh, it's been pushed back. Oh, it's pushed back from November to now we're saying April, which is a full calendar year after the original mm. when it was supposed mm. to come out. And I've got no problem admitting what we were going to do a roundtable on James Bond in November, and yeah. we're going to have to reschedule that, I think. When are we going to have so. to reschedule that, too? I don't know. Well, I could say April, but come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trusting anything anymore. I wish I'd get rid of, I wish I'd get hold of some of them original posters with the proper dates. Oh, what do you mean? Like with the April 2020 one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a movie about a parallel universe where someone How wakes cool. up and yeah. like, they're like, wait, that doesn't exist. And it's like, no, no, this is a world without <laughs> COVID. There's a great little short film for us. I know. The land without COVID. We should do that. Some sort of moment in history that if we hadn't have voted one way and have voted the other or something, we could have like somehow ended like a, a COVID-free existence. Oh, mm. Kind of like sliding doors. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Kind of like sliding doors, but like one way takes you to COVID and one way takes you to like, <laughs> are we better off with COVID? Like what else could have happened if COVID didn't happen? Did COVID kill? Did like, COVID stop World War Three? Did, did COVID <laughs> kill the next great dictator who without COVID, they would have risen up and put us all under their thumb? That we don't know. That would be an interesting sort it of alternative. Should we write uh, the screenplay after I the think, podcast? I think there's something too. Now that we broadcast it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that counts as like we've established a timeline for our idea in a film. Yeah, absolutely. So Which there means we go. it's now under copyright. <laughs> yeah. And then the other sad news I found out just about an hour and a half ago, uh, Cineworld is closing all of its locations in the US yeah, and the Yeah, so UK. Majestic, really? put, Majestic put a post up um, as in Majestic Cinema. In Kings Lynn, in our, Kings local Lynn our local theater. theater yep. Our local cinema. They put a post saying, really sorry to hear this from all our friends at Cineworld. Yeah. And and then just basically said, if anyone can go that support their so local sad. cinema, there's someone in the come out and support because some, it can't be easy for anyone. No, there's someone in the film education field who I follow in uh, similar circles with, and he said, "Is this the death of cinema in in the UK? This because of how be. big Cineworld is? Yeah, it's, most of the most big places. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a Cineworld. Cineworld. There is no really. There's very few option Bs, and no one's going to be rising up to build new movie houses. So we're really mm. lucky in our area." To have, I think we're, we're we're lucky to have an independent. We're very oh, lucky to have an independent yeah. because if we can all rally behind the one independent, we yeah. can keep that in business. And so we're lucky in in our region. There's one here. There's uh, Wisbeach, which isn't that far away from us. Has an independent there. Deluxe. A little Velux, yeah, yeah. A little 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 two 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 screener. 
and I think maybe you know you might see the rebirth of if you know the high street is dead in regular retail for the most part because of Amazons and things like that, mm. and it's the specialty stuff that's going to thrive and going to survive. So uh, things like retro records and toys, <laughs> and then for all your retro, all your retro needs. needs, and then also things like you know the independent cinema because you you know a small group of people or a community can make a difference there. We mm-hmm. can't save Cineworld; that would be far too big of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And we might but find, we can make a difference. We might find more cinemas like the Luxor coming forward, so like kind of more boutique type type ones with luxury seating and making it a really special experience rather than just like your bog standard. Like you know, buy numbers alone going. are no longer going to be the thing. You know what's mm. really, really, what would be really cool would be that if one day Liam was in Retro Records and Toys and someone came in and went, hey, I heard you mention it on the podcast. I <laughs> yes, listened to your podcast. great podcast to listen to. I've traveled. I've traveled 800 <laughs> million <Sierra> miles. From <laughs> <laughs> Liam is the one you can probably most easily find. In Retro Records and Toys. <laughs> because I don't think, I'm, I'm not about to, ed- to advertise my job location no, given the either. field I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense. So, so as far as like a physical location, Liam, you are. Uh, Liam, Retro Records and Toys. Maybe, we could, like, maybe we could do like, you know, see where the podcasters live tours. <laughs> <laughs> First off, Retro Records and Toys and go, that's it. doesn't live at Retro Records. No, 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 no. The rest of the gang will be by in a couple hours. Just let us know. But just uh, feel free to mingle and maybe buy some wares. So uh, we got fantasy football today. Not a whole lot to talk about. I'm up against Defining Disney, our good friends there. Uh, Ellie's in first place now, taking on Nick and hey. Russ. Well done. Who, uh, I don't know what they know, because they don't know anything, but they, they dropped a lot of players this week and they picked up did. some new ones. So. Mm. Georgia up against Main Street Finance, who beat me last week. But I, I am scheduled to win. Well, scheduled. Uh, predicted. Predicted. Scheduled suggests a certain <laughs> No, I am scheduled to win. I, I am scheduled <laughs> I've to used win. My, my commissioner powers <laughs> yeah, to, to schedule the, the storyline. I scheduled line. my win. No, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm upset because I've got second most points in the league. Yeah, that's one of those things. 500 points I've got. I don't know. I just keep it. My phone keeps blowing up, and I go, "Okay, everybody, these these teams aren't playing tonight." And then, oh wait, hang on, these they teams are playing, are playing yeah. tonight. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. And then Liam, you've got that song from that movie, and you are in last place, my friend. I am in last place, but you are like you are not last in points scored. You're just unlucky. I don't know if you realize this. Well, same. You know. There's like two or three teams who like you have more points than. I'm 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 cool with that. You're cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Save best for last. I'm not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should be in second. I'm in fifth. It's so not okay. because I'm going to be the underdog. Which ties back into. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just quickly out of that, just really, we've got a Halloween episode we're going to be filming or oh, recording. Oh. Are we? Um... Uh, well, we're, this is the end of week one of four. So, we do oh, the same poll okay. four times. Okay. And so, as of right now, there's only one vote in it between first and second, and one vote in it between second and third. And then, several votes behind that, we have Coraline. <laughs> so as it currently sits, Coraline is in fourth. Um, but got off to an, a good, a, a early really good start, early start. You said so. Rocky, I'm really excited. Rocky Horror is in third. Oh wow! Scream is in second, and Halloween's in first by a single really? vote. Oh. So what we'll do is we'll put the, the poll back up. So if you voted, you get to vote each time we put it back up. So if you voted once, mm-hmm. you can vote the next week because it's a separate poll, and I'll just manually add them up. You can bump up Coraline to give it a, a fair chance. A, fa- a fair chance. Okay. Yeah. I'd just like to rectify. I've literally just checked the fantasy football. I'm now predicted to lose. Oh, are you? Scheduled <laughs> yeah. to lose. I'm scheduled, I think to scheduled to lose. <laughs> no, predicted right. to lose, scheduled to win. There we go. So, uh, and that's that. So we're, let's just sort of segue out of that and talk about someone else who was scheduled or predicted to lose and maybe mm. maybe showed a little bit better for himself out of it. We're going to talk about Rocky. Rocky. Um, okay, so who's seen it? Liam, I know you've seen oh, it because you've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to talk about why you chose Rocky without doing spoilers. I know that's... 
Um, I chose Rocky because he's kind of over the hill for his sport, and he gets a—he's an underdog who gets a, who gets a chance. And uh, what do you do with that chance? You know, do you take it? Do you fluff it? What do you do? Are you, you just, are you just like rapping like Eminem's? You only get one <laughs> shot. Do not uh, miss your I, chance I, to blow. <laughs> I have no. What do you know? What I mean, the rest and of us will rap. Ellie won't. We know this yeah. from a, the sound check. <laughs> As a child watching these movies, it was so inspirational to me. And I think there's a lot of heart and soul in this movie. And I'm all about heart and soul. So, see, I've seen elements. I've seen. Portions of the movie. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing start to finish. Oh, I know I haven't phenomenal. made it as far as the. Bo- Actually, I'm certain I haven't made it as far as the fight. It's phenomenal. I'm certain I haven't. But because I've Wait, seen. Is a fight in a film bo- about a wrestler or a boxer? boxer? Yeah. But because <laughs> I've seen Rocky Balboa and I've seen Creed, oh, I feel okay. like I've seen this movie like several times over oh, already okay. anyway. Yeah. Uh, I do like the Rocky series. Uh, I, I've, I've watched four, five, six, and Creed. This is so my I favorite. love Rocky Four. Yeah, I love Rocky Four, oh. but this is my favorite out of all of them. Is Only it, okay. because it's so gritty. Okay. So, yeah. Um, has and the, You two haven't seen it at all. I just nope. mistaked it for wrestling, so yes, no, I've not wrestling. seen it mistaked <laughs> it. <laughs> well, all right, well, look. I, I thought this was the one with, oh, what's the well, guy's name? What's the guy's name in the Golden Gloves? The guy who's the TV, he was in The Wrestler. What's that guy's name? Oh, um, uh, oh we Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Look, what like, does Mickey Rourke get into this film? I like WWE. I'd rather watch wrestling than boxing. That's um, this is where I'm the sad part is. I mean, this is I mean, this is about as true to boxing as. Well, you say that. I was talking to a friend of mine, Lucy, about Rocky, saying mm-hmm. we we're going to do a podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, she went, "Oh, is that the uh, the running movie?" Yeah, and I went yeah, running. Yeah, I went. There's some famous no, running scenes. Yeah, there, yeah, I know, but I was like, "It's a boxing movie." She went, "No, Gump. it's it's a running movie." Forrest and I went, "Chariots of Fire." And I was like, "No, it's not a running movie. It's a Mission boxing. Impossible." <laughs> Karate chop running hands. Um, Sorry, yeah. Liam, carry on. So it is, no, but it's that thing. So people, obviously she's mistaken it because all the iconic scenes are of running and his training montages, right? Yeah, well, the weird thing is I laughed at her and joked and said, well, actually, it's a boxing movie and it's not really a running movie, but there is montages. Today in the national paper, somebody had wrote, uh, wrote an article saying that during the, the lockdown, people were inspired to run through the Rocky movie. <laughs> And I was like, are you kidding me? So I take that back. Um, it just takes 44 years so for yeah, like, if, it to like, you know, well, germinate. I, I'm sorry, Lucy, you're right. Uh, it's a running movie. Oh, <laughs> I, think hey. we can, I think we can redress that question at the end because I think I'm going to come against that one. I don't know if it's a running movie. Well, There's uh, running in it. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but inspired people to run. So there you are. It must have been. Better inspires them to run than to like punch people. Hey, if The Crow can be a romantic comedy. <laughs> this can be, this can be a Rocky running movie. Rocky can be a running movie. Maybe All it's right. just a sports movie. Uh, there is the question, we might talk about it at the end once we've seen it, but is this the greatest sports film of all time? I think it generally makes these short lists. Is it, I like boxing movies. Liam, do you, have you seen a lot of boxing movies besides this? Mm. I'm a sucker for a boxing movie because it's just such, a, such an easy story, isn't it? A, a sucker punch? Yeah. yeah um, wasn't there one called Rematch or Match or something? I didn't see that. De Niro and Stallone again? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I saw The Fighter, which is great. Is that Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale. I think Christian Bale wins the Oscar for that. For Best Supporting Actor. He's so thin in it. Did, um, what's his name? Tom Hardy do a fighting movie. 
boxing movie. Yeah, but he does a lot of fighting movies, but no, as far no, as boxing I movies goes, I don't I remember it. I, I remember a really, like, it was a really weird one called Play It to the Bone, which was Woody Harrelson and Antonio Banderas. Oh, okay. Like, the dialogue was poor, but you know, at the end, I'm right into it. I just love a boxing movie. I'm not really a big boxing fan, far from it, but I love a boxing movie. I'll tell you, I, there was one actually I did like called Southpaw. Okay. Which was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah. So. I just like Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you? Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, anybody here been to Philly? Nope. No. No? I'd love to go. I spent three hours in a Philadelphia airport once. Oh, okay. Does that I, count? I, 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 technically, it's in Philadelphia on my yeah, ticket, so yeah. I don't know. I mean... You've been uh, in Philly, but you've been, not really been in Philly. Yeah. Yeah, I've been Philly adjacent, you might say. I'd really like a Philly cheesesteak. In the way that if you go to London Gatwick, it's, you're not in London. You're, not in you're London, actually quite you far go. from London. By this logic, I've been to Edinburgh. Me too. And by this logic, I've been to St. Louis. But I spent three hours by in this. this I spent logic, three I've, hours wait, in this in this airport wait. on a, like a transfer. Like it was. I've long. never been on a transfer. Oh, okay. flight. And I had like no money. I've not travelled far enough. Oh, it's, trust me, oh, I just you, went to the airport. Trust me, you Edinburgh. are not. You are not missing out. I was, it wasn't a transfer. Not, so transfer not on Edinburgh ones. or on Philly. I just mean the idea of, of having to like do a transfer. No, I want to go to Philly because I want a Philly cheesesteak. I do want a Philly cheesesteak, a proper Philly, Philly cheesesteak. Like with, oh, yeah. 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 Um, and then Liam. I have in my notes here, funny story from Liam. I've He's just, just told, told it. it. Oh, what was that? The whole running thing? <laughs> but everyone running was talking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so some information about Rocky before we jump in. So Rocky, directed by John G. Avidson, uh, when he agreed to make the, the film... Uh, Avidson had never watched a professional boxing match, nor had he ever seen a boxing movie. Mm. Wow. Interesting choice. Uh, He was so excited about the film, he reduced his usual salary to only $30,000 plus a percentage of the profits. Very clever man. Clever man. Mm -hmm. And he and Stallone uh, didn't get along quite so well. I didn't know this. They frequently got into arguments over certain scenes. Because, of course, the thing here, which we'll talk about, is that Stallone is the star, but he's also the writer. Mm -hmm. So that gives him, it's like, who's the authority on the film? It's not just the lead star. It's it's the writer versus the director and who's Mm. got the best idea of how this film. So it's Stallone's idea. And then you trust someone. my authority? I don't know. I questioned my authority. You will not question my authority. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's like Carmen. <laughs> yes. I, got, I don't know where it's from. <laughs> um, and so uh, they got into frequent arguments about during shooting scenes in Philly and L.A., but usually Stallone would eventually give in because he realized Avidson was the season pro. Mm. So, But that was his passion, his baby, wasn't it? What, Stallone? So, Stallone's, yeah. Yeah. And it it's tells- hard to let go, isn't it, when that's something you want right. I mean, this has kicked off his career, basically. This does. It? I mean, it, you know, he fought tooth and nail for everything in this movie. And it's the story of, an, of the American dream of Rocky Balboa, an uneducated, kind-hearted, working-class Italian-American boxer, which probably sounds like it mirrors his own life pretty, mm. pretty closely. We talked about that with, with, with Iron Man. What do you do when, you know, sort of the, the plot mirrors a little bit metaphorically of a journey you've been on? If I'm thinking right, I'm not 100% sure on this, so don't take this for gospel, but I think it's based loosely on um, Fraser. There's elements of Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier, yeah. There's a few fighters who it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it ended up being made for a million dollars. Yes, amazing for a million dollars. It made two hundred and twenty-five what million dollars. What am I saying? <laughs> that is incredible. That is massive. So think about the guy who t- who signed on for a percentage of the yeah. profits, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's done all right. Uh, especially because, like, after a million, it's it's well a little bit over a, f- a few million. It's, it's made back its bankroll. Oh yeah, so absolutely. like whatever yeah. your percentage was, it's like two hundred and twenty million profit to draw yeah. from. So he did okay. It was the highest grossing film in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, 
it was the second highest grossing film of 1977. Wow. Think about wow. that. Like that's like only like Avengers Endgame does that sort of thing. That's you know what crazy, I mean? Yeah. Like when, to was have, it, when was it released? Uh, 76. November 76. November, okay. So it made enough money in that late winter holiday yeah. run to take off anything that had a full run, but then it had enough staying power into 77 that the only thing that beat it was a little independent film called oh. Do you know? No. 77. Oh, okay. I was going to say Saturday Night Fever. No, in 1977, <laughs> not Saturday Night Fever, a little independent film, which you may have heard of, called Star Wars. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if, so if not for Star Wars, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for 10 Oscars, and it wins three. I'm not going to tell you which ones. I'm going to leave that till the end. I think... Ooh, I, think I think I know what two of them are. Okay. Uh, and then it was... Uh, there's eight Rocky films. Uh, seven of them were written by Stallone. This is the first of them. The Crazy. only one he didn't write is the latest one. No, is Creed one. Creed, oh, of course, the yeah, first yeah. Creed. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't, but but he does write Creed two. Oh, okay. And he directs like six of them, <laughs> which is weird. That is weird. So he wrote the screenplay for Rocky in three and a half days, and it was shortly after he watched a championship fight between Muhammad Ali and Chuck Wepner, where Wepner was TKO'd in the fifteenth round of the match by Ali, but few expected him to last as long as he did. Uh, but he's denied. By he, I mean Stallone, has denied that Weapon provided any inspiration for the script. We'll take a look and see if we agree with that at the end. <laughs> uh, other possible inspirations may have included Rocky Marciano yeah. and Joe Frazier. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Weppner would later go on, this is the boxer who lost the fight to Ali, would file a lawsuit, which was eventually settled out of court with Stallone for an unspecified amount. Wow. So I'm guessing he got a percentage of the profits as yeah, well. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. According to Stallone, it was a stroke of good luck the film got made. He was meeting with producers to audition for a different film, but when he was turned down for the part, uh, during that conversation, Stallone happened to mention he was not only an actor, but also a writer. As he started to leave the room, the producers happened to ask him if he was working on any scripts. That's when he pitched them Rocky, and the producers asked to read the script. Wow. So he submitted the script to uh, Fame, which was Film Artists Management Ex- uh, Enterprises, and uh, the two producers in question, Rumar and Kubik, uh, great names, Rumar and Kubik, mm. who immediately saw the potential for the script he made into a motion picture. They shopped the script around to various producers in Hollywood, but they were rejected over and over again because Stallone insisted he be cast in the lead role. Because he knew this was his shot, right? Mm. As our rapping M&M friend said. Yeah. So... Um, so once they did that, they tried to make uh, they, they offered him three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the rights to the script. Now bear in mind, he was absolutely broke. He had a hundred and six bucks in the bank, yeah. no car, yeah, and wow. and was selling his dog for fifty bucks because yeah. he couldn't afford mm-hmm. to feed the dog. Um, so they agreed he wouldn't sell unless he could star in the film. But they agreed. But the condition was. He works as a writer, but without a fee for writing. So uh, they'll pay him for acting, but oh, they won't okay. pay him for writing. See, I thought that's the other way around. And he's not getting much money anyway, because the budget's yeah, yeah, like a yeah. million, right? Of course. And so he worked as the actor for scale. Oh, okay. So scale's like minimum wage yeah, yeah, for yeah. an actor. So yeah. he's pretty much working for free. Yeah. He's working as a writer 100% for free and as an actor for minimum wage. Yeah. Like the other actors are getting paid more than he is. Yeah. So he's calling a shot. He's going, I believe in this. This mm-hmm. is this is my shot. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take it. And uh, so United Artists, the studio who made it, liked the script, but thought other people might be better, like Robert Redford, yeah. Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds. Actually, I wouldn't mind seeing Burt Reynolds in this role. Was Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty claims he was offered the role. Yeah, There seems rumors. to be a lot of people who went, you were never offered oh, the role. Oh, okay. But Warren Beatty has said this. Oh, okay. I did come across that, but I couldn't find anything to back it up yeah, beyond yeah, yeah. 
no one's willing to corroborate his story. I know Robert Redford, definitely. Robert Redford. Uh, I love the idea of Burt Reynolds or James Caan. I like James Caan. I like James Caan. Yeah. Uh, but they don't have that story, I think, with yeah. Stallone. Because you know who he was. He is the underdog. Yeah. If it's a, a guy you know, it's not an underdog story anymore. Yeah, true. So, I mean, you know, Stallone is Rocky in your minds because you don't know who he is. Yeah. So um, the budget was going to be a million. And it ended up being one point zero seven five million, with a hundred thousand spent on production uh, and producers' fees. But they spent four point two million on advertising. Wow! So wow. four times as much money on advertising as it. But that's what you do because if it works, it's going to cost four million to advertise a film full stop, no matter what, right? Yeah, it's not yeah, dependent yeah. on how much you made. It's no, like no, no. TV time is TV time. Yeah. So that's what it's going to. Magazine space is magazine space. Yeah. But it's just insane to think only twenty percent of like the sort of overall secret budget is the film and the rest of it's all advertising. So because they went over by 100000 the two producers, Winkler and Chartoff, um, had to uh, mortgage their houses to raise the last 100000 because anything over a million was on them, according, wow. to the, oh. according to the deal. So they are making this on the most shoestring of shoestring. And there's a couple of really cool stories about the film. Oh, look when we go, this. yeah, this was like this because they had no money. Yeah. <laughs> And so, also, certain elements of a story were altered during filming. Although he wrote it in three and a half days, it did eventually go through nine different drafts. And the original script had a much darker tone. Hmm. And that's what we've got to set up Rocky. So, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I only watched this about three months ago, but I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing this again. Georgia? I don't really watch many sport films. The only one I've really seen... You did say you are up for this, though. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. The only one I've really seen is the one that's got Paige the wrestler in. What was it called? Fighting with the Family? Oh, I haven't that's seen that. that. You've seen that? I've seen that. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. Um, and a... Local to our area, right? Yeah, she's from Norwich. Yeah, yeah. she's from Norwich. Yeah. Um, and a roller skating film called Whip It. Whip It? Whip It's very good. Yeah. It's got Ellen is Page from Juno in it. It is Ellen Drew Page. Drew Barrymore yeah, yeah. directed. She might be associated with it, yeah. They're the only, like, sports films I can think of that I've seen so, I'm yeah. so there we go and Ellie any thoughts on are you looking forward to Rocky or are you kind of just going it's just um, a film this y- week yeah not not particularly like right. it's not it's not really or well, in my head it's not really my thing I mean obviously I might I'm completely open minded that I might like your it mind. yeah um, but I mean, I, I don't understand boxing at all. It's like, not. It's not oh, boxing. Trust me, it's, it's not the boxing. That, there's no to be fair, rules I don't understand you have running no. at all. There's either. no rules you have to know. At the end of the no, day, no, it's no, just no, no. you want to beat the other guy up more than the other guy wants to beat up you. That's kind yeah, of how yeah, this boxing yeah. fight yeah. works. Oh, I don't mean. I don't mean I don't understand the rules. I mean I don't understand the, the appeal. Appeal, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, but there's it, it's just a storytelling device. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. actual that's, boxing. There's very little in it. So you know. All right. So that in mind, Drew Barrymore was a producer for Whip It. Okay. So with that in mind, well, we'll and director. With that in mind, we will whip our way on to watching uh, Rocky. So stay tuned. We will catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. We are back. We watched Rocky. And I would fully admit that Liam and I did a little shadow boxing about two minutes before we came back. <laughs> not, not, well. It yeah. wasn't intentional. No, it wasn't we intentional. We were both just trying to figure out our boxing stance. Yeah. And then we both looked up and kind of realized. Oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> we're both doing it. <laughs> it was fun. So, it was fun. <laughs> I think that's the side of a good sports movie when you just want to get up and do, and do that thing. Yeah, you just want to just... It, it means you're emotionally invested, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, I mean, that was it. I mean, for me, I haven't seen the film, I don't think, all the way through. I don't think I ever made it to the fight. I, I stand by that. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I have. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. For our first timers, what did we think about Rocky? I definitely wouldn't have made it to the fight if I wasn't watching it in a group. I hated it. Okay. It's a slow burner. It is. I'll, I'll admit that. But it's... I've got the history now of all were, the others. To be fair, you were ambivalent going in. 
Yep. Georgia, you were sort of looking up for it, looking up for it, looking forward to it going in. Yeah, no, I didn't. Definitely didn't hate it. Um, I think it is definitely a slow burn, but I. It's, it's, it's a slow end. burn. It's not a yeah. sports movie. It's not. But it's, it's not a sports. But movie. it's setting you up for the rest, isn't it? It's setting you up for his character. His. Well, I, I would I, like. I don't to think watch... in number one they're thinking two, three, four, five at that point, are they? I would like to watch. I think he was. Two, three, four. He, he might be. And the studio, once it made all that money, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> "We will have more of that." Because if if he didn't, why? I don't know. Why would he have lost the fight? You know what I mean? Oh well, we'll talk about that. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's jump in. So we start, and we don't waste any time. We have Rocky in big. It's the same font as Creed, which I guess makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember it from Rocky. Now I remember that big bold sort of font as yeah. being Creed. I kind of assigned that to him. Just before we get too far into this, you keep mentioning Creed. I have okay. Zero so there's clue five, six films in the in the Rocky Balboa kind of well, eight films in the universe, but yeah. six where Rocky's the protagonist. Right. Okay. And so he goes through a series of films. Uh, five when he's sort of in his prime as a boxer, and one where he's an old man, kind of looking back, reflecting, yeah. reflecting right, on right. his life. And then they sort of do like a reboot idea, but they take Apollo Creed as the idea, right? But they have it be about his son. Okay. And then Rocky gets into it as like his trainer. Right. So okay, Rocky's yeah, helping yeah, sort yeah. of train his his foe's son. Son. Right. Yes. And so there's Creed and Creed too. So there's eight films in the universe, if you will. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. Makes sense. They're just it's just a strange name. And for Creed film. is played by young Creed. Yeah. Is played by um, oh my word, Michael B. Jordan, who was um, Killmonger. I know that name. Killmonger yeah, yeah, yeah. in Black Panther. I can. It's uh, really good. I think I struggle with the name of the film because I can only think of Creed Batten from uh, the, the Office. Yeah. yeah. So I do, it, <laughs> it doesn't translate. That's a film over. I would love to see. It Creed Batten <laughs> training to be a fighter. It doesn't transfer. That's all. Like that's all I see. All right. So we wait for time. We get the Rocky theme, and we'll talk more about the Rocky theme a little bit later, if that's okay. I've got a special place for it. If oh, okay. Yeah, no worries. But because it's not quite that big anthemic version yet, it's close. No, but it's getting there. It's it? getting there, and we find that it's November and uh, November the twenty fifth. We start off with a shot of a really dodgy boxing hall yeah and we pan down from a picture of jesus and there's rocky and there's this light coming from above on this really poorly lit boxing ring Mm. so poorly lit that actually all the extras who are watching it are much better lit than rocky and the guy he's fighting and i mean it's it's typical rocky fighting i mean you really have to kind of leave your knowledge of any boxing that you might know at the door with a rocky movie because you would duck and dive and yeah, or uh, like, avoid the hits. Like most, most, most punches would be slow. They'd yeah. be blocked. And you know the actual moments of... Like if you get fu- like 30 seconds of what happens in a Rocky fight in a real fight, you're like, great fight. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I ever want, went to watch a professional boxing match now, I'd be severely disappointed. Oh, I think, I think you would. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> a Rocky fight's always, you hit me as hard as you can, and then I'll hit you as hard yeah, as I can. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. If um, you're going to hit people for a living, you might as well do it like that. And so... He's in like round two or something like that. And um, in between the rounds, they go, whoever his, his, his corner man is, goes, you feel strong? And like Rocky's dead. He's <laughs> yeah. got nothing left. Nothing left in the tank. And uh, sure enough, he's almost out of it. But then at this last moment, he gets this grasp of energy and he knocks the other guy down. But then he like, gets on top of him and just keeps throwing on him. He like, won't even stop, would he? It was, it, was, it was like an MMA fight. You'd be disqualified for yeah. doing the proper boxing fight. But it's <laughs> so, not setting him up in a good light, is it? Well, I guess that's some of us like someone who can, someone who's got, he's he's strong, he's got hard, he's got those typical Rocky features. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think you're playing to a, an audience who really knows that much about boxing. Although I will say, culturally, boxing was much more important in the 1970s than it is today. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. people would know. Like your average man would have an idea of the heavy and the heavyweight champion of the world. And is even that, even into the nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know that was still quite big, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Like, but like nowadays, all through the Tyson years, and just about the time I think Lennox Lewis's reign yeah. kind of kills it. Yeah. Just because he was boring, and th- this is you, you see that in this movie, the importance of being a showman. Yeah, yeah. So after the fight, Rocky bums a smoke off of someone, and some random calling him a bum. And in a side note, Sylvester Stallone quit smoking cigarettes while making this film because it made him short of breath. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's all that running. Yeah, it's a and running so, movie. And then we get the scene backstage where we see what they make. And they're sort of go, here's what your cut was, but we're taking off like a third of it. Mm. So Rocky for his win makes just over 40 bucks. Yeah. And someone said, well, that's 40 bucks worth. And we actually found out it was better than we thought it was going to be. Uh, 40 bucks was uh, $193.75 in today's currency. Wow. So in but British pounds, maybe once, 180. Yeah. Once every two weeks, it's not really a sustainable no, depending on what yeah, if yeah. rents are the same yeah, ratio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not, which is why Rocky's got a day job in it. Yeah. And so uh, he goes walking home, and uh, we get the simple credits, but those Rocky credits. I love those screen. simple credits. And he's a man after my own heart because he's done his fight, and what does he go do? He goes, hangs out by the pet store and like <laughs> yeah. waves at the dogs waves in the, the window. That's totally something I, I, oh, I, I wish I had a pet store on the way home. I could walk by <laughs> and go look at that. They're not very common anymore, that sort of pet shop, are they? No, because they're all kind of. There's all these questions about where do you get your dogs from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I would love to just be able to go and pet some puppies. You get just like hamsters and stuff. And he he walks by this like 1980s group of poor people, uh, 70s group of poor people. And how do I know they're poor? Because they're standing around a garbage can that's on fire. Yeah. I mean, this kind of was popular in popular culture from like around here to the crow. I think the last time I saw it in popular (laughs) culture is the crow. But it's that idea. We know, but they're all singing, but they're singing in like perfect three part harmony. (laughs) It is really lovely. I'm like, man. I guess poor people are just really talented. Oh, yeah. But you told me, Liam, that one of the people there around the fire was... Frank Stallone. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Sly's brother, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Junior, as it says in the film. That's right. Yeah. And then we go to Rocky's apartment, and we see, amongst other things, his two turtles, who we'll later find out, are called Cuff and Link. I love this. Which and is great. As of June 2019, Liam, you, you mentioned this. You said the, he those are his personal turtles. They were, yeah. And as of June 2019, they were still alive. I don't know any, oh, really? any up-to-date reference on that. I knew they were up to Creed. Yeah. Because they were in Creed, I think. Oh, were they really? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they were around up to that point. Yeah. Uh, and then Rocky talks to the turtles and the fish. And this is what people did before you had social media and phones <laughs> and stuff like that. You just talk to your fish and yourself. I really appreciate that the fish's name was Moby Dick. <laughs> a tiny <laughs> little goldfish yep. named after the biggest whale going. It shows his guy's sense of humor. Yeah, and I he is. He's it. funny. Yeah, He's yeah. funny. It's uh, a nice little bit for it's, character. It's funny because as the series goes on, spoiler, um, Rocky develops some sort of uh, mental competency issues because of being you know hit in the head so much yeah uh he starts to develop some sort of uh, brain damage yeah um rocky didn't start off that smart no, no. you can he tell open- like rocky he openly says that. he openly says yeah. that and it's yeah. a big part of the of the date that we'll talk about and he stares at pictures of himself on his mirror and this is like early instagram right and you just posted pictures of yourself on your mirror and basically that was that but i was like who has their like you know 60 year picture and just stares at it yeah maybe he was thinking of time i guess the idea is you're reflecting on your life and going it's getting past me now because rocky's got to be in his what early 30s he said 30 30. okay and he's and mickey says to him doesn't he that um you know you're getting too old now you should quit yeah you should retire and i think that's that struggle he's like i never made it you know i need i need to carry on i need to keep going because what else do you have in his life okay 
So, yeah, I think that's reflective looking back on his life going, you know, as a young kid, this was my dream and aspirations. Yep. What have I got now so if, that, if I'm not boxing? So then we go to well, what he has now besides boxing is he goes to the pet store and he goes to talk to his crush. Yes. Adrian, uh, played by Talia Shire. Uh, do you know who Talia Shire is? Is she something to do with Francis Ford Coppola? Yes. She's Francis Ford Coppola's sister. Sister? Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. I knew his family member somehow, but I didn't. I believe it's I sister. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so outside of this, really all she's driving is like Godfather stuff at that sort of top level at that time. So she was trying to distance herself oh, from okay. that sort of, you're just Francis Ford's sister and you kind of come along for the ride. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, Francis Ford Coppola loved a little bit of nepotism because he cast Sophia in the third one, didn't he? Yes, yeah, 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 I, think yeah, when, yeah. I think it was Ramona Ryder dropped out. I think it's the story. And then he just cast his, his daughter in the role instead, and she was apparently abysmal. Um, <laughs> but originally, Carrie, a woman in the name of Carrie Snodgrass, a name I do not know, was originally what a great chosen. name. Oh, great name. Yes. Was chosen to play Adrian, but the money, because I don't know if you heard in the, in the earlier part, there was none, <laughs> uh, forced the producers to look elsewhere. And so the next choice was Susan Sarandon. Wow. She of Rocky Horror Picture, Picture Show, yeah. one of the options mm-hmm. you can vote for in our Halloween poll. Was and also Coraline. And, oh, really? And, no, I just mean Coraline is an option. Oh, okay. And it's her birthday today. Oh, happy oh. birthday, Happy Susan. birthday, Susan Sarandon. Yeah. We know you listen, so well done. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Ellie would like you to vote for Coraline and not for Rocky Horror Picture Show. I'd be well up for... I've never seen Coraline. So, so Rocky yeah. Horror was what? Two years previous to this? 74, I think? I don't know. Something like that. Something like that sounds right. 74, 73? Something like that, wasn't yeah. it? So to then... Oh, she should have been great. Yep. Speaking of birthdays, but though... she was... Sorry, come on. It's okay. I'm about to move on to a new point, so if you want to go ahead and make a no, birthday point. Okay. okay. But she was deemed to be too pretty for the role. Oh, okay. Which yeah. I think you see. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah, be, yeah, yeah. be really, really difficult. She was smoking. And so she, instead, Talia Shire auditioned. And I then think Mitsu- she's really pretty. I think the difference that, is they're trying can, to play it down. You can you can mm. make her look mousy really yeah. easily. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she and then make her yeah, look good. Look I think it's stuff, harder to. By the end, she looks lovely. Yeah, but that's it what they're trying. That's what it I doesn't for. take much though. They put oversized glasses and a wool hat, and I think you put oversized glasses and a wool hat on like nineteen seventy four Susan Sarandon. Sorry, Susan Sarandon. Yeah, she's still. I hot. think she still looks smoking. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's same. the problem. <laughs> And so uh, they they get her in there, and as soon as Talia does her audition, they basically like, go, uh, they go to um, Sylvester Stallone and says, "You have to give her the part. She's perfect for this part." And uh, so he kind of yields and goes, "Okay." Uh, and the reason for her shy and reserved performance, yes, it's in the script, but something that really really helped was she had the flu the whole first half of the movie. Aww. So she was just I like under the weather. Ill, yeah. yeah. So it, it helped with the idea, but yeah. she looked so you know. Because I did wonder because. She's very, very, really, really quiet and shy, isn't she? And then all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, she just snaps out of it. She made how much money for this film? Um, Forty-three dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Slightly better than that. <laughs> uh, three grand. Three grand. You're still low, actually. Am I? Yeah. She made $7,500 for this film that made $265 million. I hope there was either A, some sort of writer that she got something on the back end. To be fair. Or they paid her well in the sequels. Yeah, they paid her well in the sequels. I really hope so. Mm. Yeah. Um, Because you know Sly probably made out like a bandit. Because what happens is if you write something – I learned this this week. If you write something – 
uh, even if you sell it, you get z- uh, let me right. You get zero point six five percent of the revenues. Do you? So you know that's less than a percent. Yeah, but yeah. it's over half a percent. When you're talking what two hundred million, that's a so, lot of yeah. money. So Is he's making a million dollars off the residuals. Yeah. Is this if you write the actual screenplay rather than if you write a text that is then turned into a? Yes, it's if you write the yeah. screenplay. That is the rate for screenplay. I don't know what the rate is if you buy wow. if you option the rights. But good, good question. So the guys who did like Avengers Endgame made like twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane how much money they made. So, so with it still being played today, yeah. is he still making money off that? Oh, like yeah, like every DVD sale, he'll get he'll get yeah. a portion of that revenue. Wow. When whatever the revenue is that would go to the yeah. studio or whatever it yeah, is, yeah. he gets his you know, 0.0065% or whatever it is. Well, best we Zero, start writing screenplays. Jesus. 0.65%, yeah. So <laughs> take the number, multiply it by 0.0065, and there's your sort of base for it. Plus, you get a lump sum up start. So oh. here's the money for your thing. Yeah. But usually you might get 50 to 100 grand now if you're like someone who's like known. Yeah. But really, you, you could be selling it for almost nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we meet Rocky's dog a little bit. The dog who will become Butkus. Rocky's dog, Butkus. Yeah. Which, which actually is, I think, his the name dog. of the dog. It's yeah. also the name of the dog. It's yeah, Butkus, it is. Yeah. It is Butkus, so, and yeah. it's his real dog. It's a dog he had to sell. And then as soon as he got the – we didn't finish this thought. As soon as he gets the money from selling the screenplay, the first thing he does, he goes and buys the dog back. For an extortion amount. From what I, I remember. Oh, really? Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah, I know, right? So then we see Rocky at his day job, and he's supposed to break this guy's thumb. And Rocky does this whole, hey, I'm not emotionally involved <laughs> kind of thing. And he won't break the thumb at the end of the day. He's too nice of a guy. Yeah. And um, he gets us some money back. I mean, this is where we meet his lone sharky kind of boss guy who calls him out of the car and gives him a really hard time because he doesn't. Um, is it me or his uh, lone shark boss guy? Not really that bad. He doesn't. I think he's supposed to seem like a slimy kind of. But you know what I mean. All the way through the film, there. nah, he's, he's all right. No, he's a nice guy. Like, he even like invites. Rock, he's awful. But, but he invites but he's not awful, out of the car really. so he doesn't embarrass him in front of the driver. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's, like, he, like, isn't he the same guy that also gives him five hundred? Yeah, yeah. 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 As, <laughs> as lone chucks go, he's not. And gives not him, bad. And goes, yeah. hey, and goes, hey, I hear you're on a date. Here's fifty mm, bucks. Take yeah. you somewhere nice. At which point he can't do any of the other stuff. He does the fifty bucks. So I've never known lone sharks to be like that. He got. I don't. I assume I was taking notes, so I didn't notice. Did anybody notice him get his asthma inhaler out? Yes. Okay. Yes. I did. Thank you, because I missed this, but I have a note about this. Okay. So that is not in the script. The actor really started to have an asthma sort of thing. So wow. he got his, without breaking so the take, he gets out the inhaler, he takes the puff, he keeps going, and the director, whose name I want to make sure I get right again, uh, John G. Avildsen, uh, liked the authenticity so much, he went, that's, that's the best take, we keep that in. I did think that was... Yeah. So that was the actor, Joe Spinelli. The, the Lone Shark's name is Gazzo. <laughs> Gazzo. Gazzo. That is just, that is like, you know, like That's surface level. Writing. That is surface level. What do we call him? Call him, he's a Lone Shark. Call him Gazzo. Gazzo. Um, and we find out there's a bit of a feud and it never really pays off. The driver doesn't like Rocky. No. Because he's, he's insulted him at this point that his face got beat up. And like, Rocky won the fight. I'm like, I don't know what your angle is here, man. Except for, is he just bitter? Yeah, because there's no reason for him to be that way, is there? No, there isn't. And like know. you say, there's no payoff at the end either. So then we go to the gym, Mickey's gym. And Rocky's stuff has been taken out of his locker and thrown onto Skid Row, which means a hook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we meet Mickey. Mickey's in a bad mood. And Mickey is played by... Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Uh the role of the cantankerous 
um, trainer, trainer yeah. has been like pastiched to death based off of this. Yes. I really like this guy in this. I thought his performance was really quite good. Yeah, I do like... He's not the one I think... He's like the last guy I think of, the big players, when I go back and think about it. Maybe it's just me, just no, other characters hit my not head. for me. Oh, no? Okay, excellent. No. As, we'll, as we'll discuss later. And so the original script had a much darker tone, and Mickey was supposed to be a uh, racist. Really? Yeah, I don't know. To what degree? I don't know if he was supposed to be anti-Italian, which might have explained why he never helped Rocky out. I'm so glad but that they didn't not go with that. Especially yeah. if you're going to have Polly. Yeah. If Polly's going to be Polly, and we'll talk about Polly. And he is Polly. <laughs> you can't have. You can't. You no. can't have Mickey be racist. But you just can't. With the setup of the next movies, you can't have Mickey that way. Well, again, like I, I, I don't. I, mean? I really don't think they're thinking beyond Rocky One because the odds of Rocky One. Yeah, are I know. I know. Was, but the original script, you don't know where it's going. But yeah, I think it's a change that was well done. Oh, that's tainted a little bit for me. Well, no, because we never saw that version. No, no, and, but you know. So anyway, <laughs> uh, and so he talks about how the new guy who's got his locker is a climber, but you're a tomato. Tomato <laughs> says you've got heart, but you fight like an ape. And he starts telling Rocky, you ever think about being retiring? And then in the ring is the guy who's got his locker. And just as Rocky's like walking away, he's like, I dig your locker, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's several of those throughout the film. I want to know what happened to this guy. Clips. I want to know what happened to that guy. Yeah. You know, being a bum. I hope Apollo Creed like just like elbowed him in the face or something like that. <laughs> and we go back to the pet shop. And this is this is the bit where it feels in 2020, it felt... It felt uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Some of these scenes. Yeah, it did. And he's asking her out on all these dates. And he's kind of doing that char- what's supposed to be charming. But it's kind of pushy. I'm going to wear you down yeah. sort of thing. And if she's playing hard to get, and she's obviously playing hard to get, and there's like energy, fine. I don't think there's energy. No. I think he's just like, come on, what, do you, what else you got? You got something better than me? You yeah. don't, he's not like being a... He's the problem is he's being that nice guy version of this and movies like this you could argue I teach media studies and so part of it is that we learn you our do? behaviors we I do we, wow. we we learn our behaviors from films or from media in general yeah. and so the danger of a scene like this is it teaches men and women that these are acceptable behaviors and that if she says no you just haven't asked her the right way yet so keep doing it. Mm. All of these scenes with the two of them together made me feel really uncomfortable yeah. and it's one of the reasons why I hated this film so much. Okay. Um, it gets better though. He wants to walk her home. She says no. And to his, I will say this: to his credit, he does respect this. Mm. Eventually, he doesn't. I hear you. He's not like she walks out, and he's waiting to walk her home. Yeah. And we are going to go. We talked about it a little bit during the movie. Product of its time. Yeah. But still made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I still think there's something more in. And but we've been conditioned. The movie's told us you like Rocky. Yeah. Rocky is a good guy. He won't break a thumb. Look at how good of it. But this very much felt like there's rules for the boys. Yeah. And there's rules for the girl. Yeah. Singular. Although we got girls. We do have a second girl, actually, who's to come around. Uh, and so um, he's going to go home and think of a joke for her and come back the next day and tell her a joke. And we go to the tavern instead where we meet Polly. And Polly is Adrian's brother. brother. I've got in my notes sister, but that's not right. Brother. <laughs> brother. Uh, and he's, this is where we meet Polly, and very quickly we find out I don't like Polly because nope. we get words like she makes me so crazy I could split her head with a razor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Polly then says she's stupid, yeah. and she's almost thirty and might end up alone. But then tells Rocky to come over for Thanksgiving and says, "Hey, <laughs> my favorite line in the script. You know how tomorrow's Thanksgiving, right?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Sly, maybe one more draft, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have to tell anybody, hey, you know that tomorrow's Thanksgiving. It's like about December 24th. They went, hey, Liam, you know how tomorrow's Christmas. <laughs> oh, I'd forgotten tomorrow's Christmas. <laughs> That's not good writing. No. And this is where we first see Apollo Creed. I'll talk a little bit about him when we get sort of like his proper version and not him on TV. Mm-hmm. But he's ba- obviously based very heavily on Muhammad Ali. Oh, of course, yeah. He's, the way he, the, the Tony talks. The and, Tony talks and yeah, the way yeah. he's, he, he understands the psychology of selling an event. Yes. Not a fight, but an entertainment event. Yeah. And he gets that. And then we have Rocky going by a street of Utes. <laughs> Utes. And Utes. He, we meet Marie, who's a girl who shouldn't be with him. And she says something crass or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she does, yeah some bad language and he grabs her physically by the arm and drags her off the stoop. Now, granted, I don't think he's wrong. The people she's surrounded with are bad news. Yeah. But we do get a speech that basically says swearing will lead you to be a prostitute one day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is generally the gist of the speech. And she ends by saying, Oh, thanks rock. And then she goes, Hey rock. And she goes, screw you creepo. (laughs) Now, the original line was supposed to be, fuck you, creepo. Oh, really? But they changed it. And I'm almost, it depends what you want that scene to be. Because he made the whole speech about her, you know, getting out of Skid Row, if you yeah. will. She's like a bag hanging on a, on a, on a hook. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And about swearing and what it leads to. And you get the idea. And we find out later it doesn't work. The speech doesn't work. She's going to go back to the street corner. Why? Because That's what they, she knows. they accept her. Yeah. They'll let her. They'll they'll let her stand there. Yeah. Uh, and if she responds with, I guess, screw you, makes you go. Maybe she'll won't go back. But I think if she's going to go back, I quite like the fuck you creepo because it goes. Yeah. No, no, but it's not going to work, Rocky. I've not listen to you, anything you've you just can't said, save yeah. the world here. Yeah. Look at you. Like, how's your life going, Rocky? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's weird. Credit didn't every, go for trying. Credit for trying. Everybody in this town, this like like rundown part of Philly, seems to love Rocky. They do. And they walks by, and this one group of teenagers are like, "Yeah, oh, you're a loser." I'm like, "What? The professional, the guy who gets paid to beat people up is yeah. the guy you're really going to tr- start jeering on in the eighty and seventies, where he could have punched one of you out and yeah. nothing would have happened." Exactly. Yeah. It's probably because they want to be like him, and they're upset because the rest of the people that don't like them like him. Maybe. Doesn't he pick up a, a drunk at some point? He does. Carry him into a bar. Into the bar. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. Then we meet Apollo Creed in 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 the flesh, and a real life boxer Ken Norton was actually sought for the role of Apollo Cruz uh, because he, he had agreed. three fights with Muhammad Ali. Oh, really? And so therefore, we th- the thought was because he'd been in the ring so yeah, much, yeah, he'd yeah. be able to emulate it the best. Oh, nice. Uh, but he pulled out, and the role was given to Carl Weathers. And there's a great story about Carl Weathers' audition. Go for it. So um, he was sparring with Sylvester Stallone, and Weathers accidentally punches him on the chin. Um, Stallone kind of like pulled rank and told him, hey, calm down, calm down. We're, we're, we're just sparring here. And Weathers said, maybe if I was allowed to audition with a real actor and not a stand-in, I could do a lot better. Whoa. He doesn't know <laughs> that Stallone's <laughs> kind of the boss on this wow. one. Wow. So the director, John Abelson, smiles and told, tells Weathers that not only is Stallone the real actor, he's also the writer of the script. <laughs> At which point Weathers looks at Stallone, looks him up and down, thinks for a moment and goes, well, maybe he'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And Stallone offered him the role right after that's that. That's great. Because I guess that's who you need Apollo Creed you to do. be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sell this still. I'm going to be charismatic above all. Yeah. Even if it's, rather than going to my shell, I'm going to go ahead and wink and nod and go, hey, you know. He's um, already in the shit at that point. He might as well finish the day. Yeah. Ain't a thing but a chicken wing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
So um, I'm glad they went with him, though. Yes. And the problem we have for Apollo is that his fight is off. Whoever he's supposed to fight, I guess, is hurt. Mm-hmm. And so they have five weeks because they've got him. They penciled this in for January 1st, and there's no contenders who were, are willing to do a fight on five weeks' notice. So Creed comes up with this idea. He's going to give a local underdog an opportunity to be a fighter, uh, to go for the championship. I mean, understand, 1976 is the 200th anniversary of the founding of the United States. Yes. It's the bicentennial. Yeah. This explains all the Americana sort of themed elements of it all. In the background, there's this very silent bodyguard sort of just sort of like folding his arms. He was only ever in the background of shots. But that guy would later go on to become Lieutenant Worf on Star Trek The Next Generation. Really? Yeah, it's Michael Dorn in the background there. So uncredited. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have Rocky back as an enforcer, and there's some language here, but it's difficult to get our head around because mm. the driver uh, calls Adrian a retard. Yeah. And he goes, he's not a retard, she's shy. And then uh, the driver says, take her to the zoo, because they like the zoo, mm. they like the apes. And um, I struggle with this. <laughs> that's... Again, this one you go 1976, that would be a slur you would hear. A terminology, yeah, you, you would hear time. You would hear of its time. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it's not the hero who's using it. It is, the, it is a bad guy who's using it. Yeah. So I don't fault the screenwriters for it. He's supposed to come off like, like he's ignorant. Yeah. And he's he does come off. set up to be. And he does come off like he's ignorant, yeah. A bad guy and the hero there. defends this that claim. The first bit. I would like to see in Rocky here, though. Oh, I thought that was something that we you missed. Know? Yeah, maybe at the end of the, maybe going into the fight, maybe something, one more confrontation where Rocky just does get to hit him. Yeah, you know, just once, just once. <laughs> um, and so um, Apollo then chooses Rocky because he goes, "What's more American than an Italian?" And I really bugged me that Apollo Creed kept calling him Italian. Italian. I know. I had a girlfriend that, once who used to call everything Italian. Yeah, and I was that like, annoys me. Oh. <laughs> it's 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 not called Italy. No. <laughs> So it's with the Italian. Did you call it Italian? No, 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 no. No, so it's, it's, just, it's just one of those weird inconsistencies. I'm like, yeah. how? Why are you doing Stop. this? Yeah. <laughs> why Italian? Are you doing this? Um, so then we go to uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and he asks Polly about ten times. Your sister knows I'm coming over, right? And Polly's like, Yeah, and it's a big turkey, right? Yeah. yeah. And they get in, and does Adrian know he was going to be coming over? No. no. <laughs> and she basically runs away. Yeah. And um, my question is this, because Polly starts berating her. Yeah, badly. And it's going to sound really weird, but let me finish my thought on this. Okay. My biggest problem isn't with Polly. Because I know Polly's an a- Yeah. Movies told me Polly's an a- Um, Movies told me Rocky's a good guy. Why does Rocky stick around? When he knows that she doesn't know about the date, she clearly doesn't want to go on the date. Why does Rocky stick around? Do you think he sticks around, though, to protect her if something happens? I don't. No? I think he's an asshole. I don't think Rocky sticks around at at all. I think it's the idea that... The whole idea that, you know, Paulie's going to set her up. You know, you've asked her face to face. She says she said no. Why is this any any different? Yeah, true. Yeah. So this scene was hard for me. Yeah, I, I found it hard too. Yeah, and the only time that Rocky starts going, "Oh, I don't like this," is when he starts talking to a door, <laughs> and then he feels stupid. Then he's got a problem with yeah. it. Oh, I'll just go. But we didn't mention that Adrian wants to stay home because she's got a bird in the oven because it's Thanksgiving. To which point, Polly takes the bird, throws it in the yard, and says, "You want to eat? Go eat it out there." What an asshole. 
and then just starts eating it and offers Rocky part of it. And it's, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. I think I don't hate Rocky in this film because I hate Paulie so much. Yeah. And against him, he's not as much of an asshole. So I think that's probably yeah. why he's redeemed in my mind. Mm. Um, he talks... Um, I hear, I mean, Rocky talks to her through the door, says, hey, why don't we go out? Might have some fun. Now, if my option is staying home with Polly or going out with Rocky, yeah, go out I'd Rocky. probably do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And so she comes, she opens the door, doesn't answer, but she's got a coat and a hat on. And it's like, all right, that's a pretty good sign that, yeah, I, I'm willing to go with you on this date. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go on a date. Ice skating. Yeah. And the first date in between Rocky and Adrian, in which Rocky bribes a janitor to allow them to skate after hours at a deserted ice rink, why is it like this? Because they couldn't afford the extras to shoot it convincingly with really? an ice. That's the only reason why. But you know budget. what? I quite like the fact that... And that's the thing. It's so much more intimate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I like Sorry, it I cut more. you off. Was there something? No, 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 no. I just like yeah. the fact that I'm, you know, due to the circumstances, um, they had to film without... Yeah. And, but that's so much better. It's so much better. So apparently Stallone didn't know... There weren't going to be any extras. Oh, right. So they kind of show up, and he just sort of, he just kind of riffs the scene that was already there, but makes it a little more so, to take advantage of the fact there's nobody there. He kind oh, of adds okay. some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he shows up to the rink thinking it's going to be packed, but they couldn't, you know, the producers couldn't. I mean, they were, they were mortgaging houses, weren't they? So they couldn't get the extras. Could you imagine him trying to fill it now? Ten times over. Oh, without question. <laughs> you know I mean? Without question. Would you like to be in a film? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not unless you pay me for it. No, I'll, just, I'll just show up. Maybe my elbow will get into it. Yeah. Uh, it was supposed to be 300 people were supposed to be there and okay. uh, couldn't work. And it's actually become one of the most iconic in the Rocky saga. Yeah, it So is. much so that I think when they did that Rocky Balboa one, which was like just replaying the hits. Yeah, yeah. Did they have an ice skate rink thing or something similar to it, didn't they? Well, no, it was derelict and it was bulldozed down. But they go over, over there, there, don't they? But they go over and yeah. stand there and oh, they, reminisce. Like, the flashback. Half yeah. that movie was flashbacks. Flashbacks, yeah. yeah. I quite like that, to be fair. Oh, I didn't. Um, and then she almost falls at one point. Oh, Rocky explains what a southpaw means, which yeah. was kind of all right. And then she almost falls, and Rocky catches her, and then he freaks her out with his finger, because his finger can do all this weird stuff. She tells him, oh, you broke my finger, and then goes, no, no, it's a joke, it's a joke. Uh, not surprising, I'm sure, because how, how else would you do it? Exactly. Stallone's finger actually does this. It was an old college football injury. So, yeah. And then he starts to say, "Why you f-? she goes, why are you a fighter? Well, I'm not that smart, so my dad said I better use my body. And this is like a turning point for her. Because mm. she goes, my mom said the same thing, but in reverse. And because Rocky said he had no brain, she had to explain it to him, which is good. Because I mean, she explains it to us. Yeah. I don't have much of a body, so I better use my brains. And... Rocky's kind of like, whoa, what do you say? You know, that's the thing. I mean, Rocky genuinely does like her yeah. for her, for who she is. He makes some suggestions about some things. And, and maybe we'll talk about that in, in a second when they get back to the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here we go. We're at the apartment. He invites her in. <laughs> and she eventually accepts. Didn't like this. Really, really, really uncomfortable. Didn't like this. I, I struggled. You know, when he walks over to the door, yeah, and he stops her from getting out of the door, and that's he, the only he, thing oh, that let's come there. He yeah. cages her in, yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, uh, like it's not when he invites her in, it's not like he's forcing himself to come into her house. No. So I thought, it, I thought it was better than that, which isn't saying much. Yeah. Um, but I it really bothered me that he kept going, no, come on, come on. And just, again, I'm there's there's playing hard there's baby it's cold outside right yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's clearly <laughs> where it's clearly playing hard to get and then it's cute mm. and it's a bit of a tete-a-tete right 
you're saying no, but you that that and not the whole. I don't want to. You're saying no, but you really you really mean yes. There's there's instances where a subtext yeah can suggest that, and it's inferential and absolutely you should always 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 he says uh, ensure consent before any sort of activity of any personal nature occurs. Yeah, whether it's please come into my house or you want to feel safe, fine. And baby, it's cold outside. It's got enough controversy as it is without. It does. It does. Yep. Straightforward. Uh, do you want to come in? No. Oh, come on. No. Oh, but it'd be great. No. Like, how many times does she have to yep. say no? And, and, and you don't doubt her sincerity on any of them. Um, and then he invites her in. And here's my part. Because he finally gets her in. And what's the first thing he does? He starts taking off his clothes. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm going to put some music on. Yeah. And then he lists, remember when uh, you started work and I bought all those things from you? Which suggests like a debt. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, come on over to the couch, which was really romantic because the beer bottles were like sticking out of it still. Sticking out of it. And he even picked up the papers off the thing, but he didn't but even move he them. Didn't, he like, put them back. He just put them back. So he's like, come over to the couch. It's real comfortable. It's like, at least take the papers and like throw yeah. them on the floor or something like that. Jeez. <laughs> and she doesn't want to do this. And she keeps saying things like, I don't think I belong here. And he goes, what's the problem? You don't like me? You don't like the turtles? And I'm going, I think he's trying to come across as charming and cute and disarming, but it actually just felt really confrontational to me. Do you think, though, right, we didn't live through them times, so was it like that back then? I don't know. I don't, we don't know, do we? We're only looking through the eyes of now. And this is a problem, and we talked about this a little bit at the end of the film, where we yeah. went, um, the age of nostalgia for us kind of begins and ends with the 80s. Yeah. Or begins with the 80s, it moves on past that, obviously. yeah, yeah. So this predates anything we would have lived through, obviously. So we can't feel nostalgic for this or know this. So, and the problem is, for the most part, is that people who listen to podcasts kind of cap out around our age a lot of it. There's mm-hmm. not there's not a huge, you know, 50 plus kind of podcast crowd. But if someone is out there, go, if you want to tell me what life was like in the 70s, you've yeah. got the socials. It's at Best Film Ever Pod on all the platforms. Get a hold of us because I'm sitting here going... What was the reaction even to watch the film? Forget being in the situation to watch the film. Did you feel this was inappropriate? Did you feel this was uncomfortable? And you got to remember, this was nominated for Oscars. Yeah. And one of you, so. Yeah. Um, George, you've been pretty quiet to this point. Anything mm. you want to add? I'm, I'm just kind of reflecting on it because whilst watching it, I didn't find it that horrendous or uncomfortable. But I think that might be just how I'm conditioned at the moment. Okay. Like, for young young female minds unfortunately it is getting better but it's not 100 percent better the only bit i got really particularly uncomfortable with was when he like trapped her in the corner yeah I didn't yeah that so, bit got me. so she says up until me. that point he's only used words yeah she says she's never been in a man's apartment before and doesn't feel comfortable and doesn't know him well enough and she wants to go sorry i think you're gonna say something um, i was just gonna say when he when he does trap her against the wall i think he says something like i really want to kiss you now you don't have to kiss me back if you don't want to yeah. And it's like, Which oh, so you're going to kiss her regardless. She just insinu- doesn't have to kiss insinu- you back. insinuated that, yes. Like, yeah. fuck off. No, not okay. And then he says, take off your glasses. And he goes, oh, you got nice eyes. And she goes, no, we have to, I think we... Now the she starts man, to reciprocate. The only man in her life is Polly. Yeah. And Polly is clearly... Abusive, horrible perpetually abusive. Yeah. Like he's always abusing her. Yeah. And so therefore she's also got some sort of Stockholm syndrome because she wants to go home to Polly. And yeah. want, so does do all men in her eyes equal Polly? Mm. And in which case in the long run, the movie would suggest in the long run, he's doing her a favor in this scene. 
Yeah. Because he's establishing something that's going to take her out of that environment. Because without Rocky's interference, does she ever leave Polly's house? No. That's the, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. Who else is she going to meet? Who now, else is she going to... Am I saying that's a good message to have? No. no. But within the confines of the film, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And is she going to have some sort of damage as a result of living with Polly? Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then he says, take off your hat. And this is like, there was a film called, uh, was it called Can't Hardly Wait? I think it's called Can't Hardly Wait. Freddie Prince Jr.? Anybody? No? No? Mm, no? That rings a bell. I think it was, no, it's not Can't Hardly Wait. What was it? Oh, that's going to bug me. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. And there's a bet. She's all that. That's She's it. all that. She's yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And the bet is that I bet you can't turn anybody here into homecoming queen. Yes. And basically it's take her glasses off, give yeah. her a haircut, yeah. and put her in a nice dress. And she's a knockout. And this is exactly – this is like the genesis of this. Yeah. Because yeah. she looks – within those two moments, because I thought she was just a mount- – I'm like, how is this woman like a Hollywood like leading lady in this film? Who's going to end up, I know, with, with the protagonist. Yeah. And they took off the glasses and took her ha- off her hat. And I went, oh, wow. She's actually really quite pretty. <laughs> Again, intentionally, though, isn't it? Yes. And so we get the, the line that Ellie talked about with, I want to kiss you. You don't have to kiss me back if you don't want. And she does kiss him back eventually. And then they make out on the floor by the fridge. I mean, who hasn't been there? No. <laughs> <laughs> like this if, is the only time you actually, the start of the time that she actually reciprocates. Well, here we go. I've got something on that. Um, the scene that involved them kissing was not originally scripted in the way it was shot. And the woman who plays Adrian, Talia Shire, said, uh, sorry, Talia Shire, as we said, had contracted the flu and was worried about getting Stallone sick. So she was very hesitant to kiss him. I was so that this delay. When she said that she had the flu. Yeah. So her hesitation and behavior was actually such an improvement over the originally scripted scene, they decided to keep it. And it's become Stallone's favorite scene in the entire Rocky saga. So it's really weird that we're sitting there going, Ooh. and he's going, well, I like that. <laughs> well, uh, up to that point, I didn't like, but when they start to, because when you start seeing her to move, yeah. to reciprocate, yeah. then yes. And take some ownership of her own relationships, of her yeah. own life, of her own sexuality. All these things happen here. Yeah. And they refer to it as sort of Adrian's awakening to a new life. Yeah. That kiss is like the end of the old life and yeah. begins the new life. I'd argue it happens way too bloody quickly because in the next scene, she's like, yeah. She's like totally comfortable with all things. I know, right? Yeah. Now, I think, is the insinuation she stays there? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe not because of the question that Paulie's going to ask later on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we go back to the gym and there's a fight with Mickey because Sly is all, all mad. And he goes, why didn't you ever train me? Why'd you do all this time? He says, because you could have been a quality fighter, a real talent. But basically you sold out and became... A hitman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're a bruiser for uh, a no good. For a loan shark. Gazzo. Yeah. Uh, then we go to the office and um, he's called. And everyone thinks it's just a sparring session. And he gets to this office, this fancy office. And he's been. And there's a low angle shot from. Great Because you mentioned this. And I oh, went, oh. Brilliant. Look at Liam learning all the camera stuff. <laughs> and so he's sitting down and it's like the, the, the lawyer looks massive. Yeah, and Rocky thing. looks so small. I know. And because you actually see how out of his element he is, mm-hmm. right? And so would you be willing to fight Apollo Creed for the World Heavywood, Heavyweight Championship? And he just goes, no. <laughs> and so then he gives him the Land of Opportunity speech that basically Apollo Creed came up with earlier. Because he's only thinking like everybody else. I don't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nobody. I'm just going to be embarrassed. You look at, I mean, Sloan is quite fit in this, but he's not fit fit. You look at um, 
Carl Weathers in this. Carl Weathers is like a, a specimen. He is. Isn't he? And he's until later on that Stallone becomes that. And the whole time there's this thing, there's a slow zoom in on Stallone. That's great. As a, sort of like he grasps the bigness of his opportunity. Oh, it's amazing. I think the film's better for him saying no. Because if he yeah. goes, oh boy, do I? Yeah, yeah, feels yeah, too yeah. Hollywood, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, so I was okay with this. And then we go, there's a, there's a scene at Adrian's house, but really we're watching them watch TV. It's like Gogglebox. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so at this point now, she's got makeup. Her hair looks like it's been cut a little bit shorter. It does, yeah. Um, and he's asked the question, where did you get the name The Italian Stallion? Yeah. And so I felt this is a good time to talk about the urban legend of The Italian Stallion. Beautiful. Because the rumor has it, the, the urban legend is that Sylvester Stallone was a porn actor who worked under the name The Italian Stallion. That's hilarious. And then when he got out of porn, he brought that with him. Now, that is not true, but here is why people oh, okay. think this. Most of the story is pretty accurate, actually. There was a film called, and I this is why you come to best film ever, folks. <laughs> Breast film ever. Breast film ever. That's for you, Paula. Now you just milk it. <laughs> this oh. is called The Party at Kitty and Studs. <laughs> it's a 1970s American softcore pornographic romance film directed by Morton Lewis and starring Sylvester Stallone in his first starring and leading role. We said he was poor, right? Yeah, so yeah. this doesn't, yeah. So Stallone worked for two days and was paid $200. Not bad for the Short, two days. Yeah, so probably about, I don't know, it's about 15 times, so maybe about three grand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shortly after the 1976 release of Rocky, the party at Kitty and Studs was edited and re-released as Italian Stallion to capitalize on its uh, now famous star. Okay. So people would see Italian Stallion, I guess, in these adult video stores yeah, yeah, and go, yeah. oh, that was the name of his porn movie, and he brought it with him. Well, actually, yeah. it was the opposite. They yeah. sort of back door sort of you know reverse engineered this wow. so that would happen so i mean you can't really blame them if they're going to make some money out of it it's very clever it's kind of yeah. like the scene where he says later you want to make some money off my name go ahead well i guess yeah. they were like yeah we will. <laughs> they took that uh we find out rocks get one hundred and fifty thousand just to fight and this is now where paulie wants in on the money yeah oh. How he's always finding an angle isn't he he is, and it's it's never in like a productive way it's just kind of like i want just give me some money because i'm your uh, friend and do you know the funny thing Stallone, uh, Stallone. Uh, Rocky never, like, says, oh, well, no, 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 because you're only going to make it bad for me. He just goes, go on, and yeah, what yeah. you can get, you know? So Paulie wants to train Rocky because you don't know nothing about no. him. <laughs> wants to manage him. You don't know anything about managing Paulie. Uh, and so we find out there's these shots that Apollo's taking on him on, on the TV, and the reporters are giving him some shots as well. We're not treating him seriously. And he plays up to everybody else that it doesn't bug him, but he confesses at the very end of the scene to Adrian that it does bug him. Which is a nice little touch, I felt. Yeah. Um, the loan shark gives him 500 bucks for... I like the loan shark. Taking care of some I stuff like just Gazzo. because... Gazzo was all right. <laughs> I don't know. I think Mickey's got him all wrong. And then yeah. Mickey visits Rocky. And... Um, Good seeing this. We, uh, you and Georgia noticed there was something that went disappearing at this point. Yeah, there's a number on the front door. Oh, on like, it looks like it's on like some lined paper. And stuck to the front door. No, I think it's one of those ones that just has the screw in it, and it just kind of like spins around and stuff like that. No, it had like there was definitely a square around it. Oh, was there? Yeah, there's definitely something on the outside of it. I've watched this film several times, and I've never noticed before until just then. It was a real close up on this number two, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then as the door then closes, it's gone. It's gone. It was not there. It's just clearly not there. So it's like like almost like they were different locations. They shot this in. David Copperfield made it disappear. So, a disappearing number two. I mean, that's that's everybody's dream. I think. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't have to do anything. It's just it's just, just gone. Plumbing. Uh, and so, uh, this is where we get the whole speech from 
uh, Burgess Meredith as Mickey because he had a manager. Mm. It's a good speech. It is a very good speech. Good speech. And the idea that he, his life could have been different if he'd had a and manager. And he carries around the trainers of his fights. That's all he's got. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so then after he leaves, Rocky disappears into his bathroom and kind of just does this giant. He comes out, sees he's gone, and then starts shouting at Mickey. The speech he could never tell him face to face for whatever reason. He finally says, now, why did you come for me 10 years ago? Why didn't you help me then? Mm. Why Why now? Why when it's too late? Why when I've already got a shot are you now invested in me? And just really goes off on one. Well, which, I think, which I think is Mickey's already, justified. But I think Mickey's already answered this question. Why didn't I do all this? Because you lined yourself up with a loan shark. Yeah. Because you weren't interested in being a fighter. You were interested in being a part-time fighter. If you'd taken this seriously, what could you have been? We've already, he's already kind of given us the answer to that. But we don't see with how accurate that representation is, do we? We don't get... Well, we, we, we do see that he is a hitman for, for a low-grade Oh, yeah, no, rent. but I mean, you don't see, like, the first few years when he's starting out fighting going... No. Oh, actually, I don't. I'm not bothered but by every, this. Every, everything Mickey has said is true. He's got lots of heart. We see that in the first fight. Mm-hmm. You know? You've got to be able to take a punch. We see that. Right? So, but the idea that he's still, you know, we hear his records at 25 wins and 20 losses or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. Um, and so the monologue which Rocky does, where he yells through the wall, that's mostly ad libbed. Really? That's good. Apparently, we kept saying it stinks. It stinks in here. It's because the tiny apartment in which they were shooting really did stink. <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom was smelly. So he kind of used that. Um, and, but then he runs outside and he accepts the help. And it's really interesting because we were allowed to hear. All the, all, all the friction and all the conflict. Yeah. But when he accepts it and it's down, he's way in the distance. We don't get the camera near them and we don't get to hear what's said. And we just have the Rocky theme in like a minor key being played softly in the background. And he sticks his arm around him. He sticks his arm around him and it's all visual. And we yeah. don't, and we're kept private from that, which is nice. That's a beautiful I don't scene. need to know how they've made it no. work. They just made it work. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm in. I just think there's something he's had in him all these years and felt. Yeah, you're right. You know, he wanted, he needed to get off his chest to so, move forward. Then we have a training montage. He's eating raw eggs at 4 a.m. Oh, I love this. And it's montage. a running movie. Uh, but <laughs> there he's, you go, Lucy, a running movie. <laughs> but it's dark, and he's up the steps of the museum, and he can't make it there because he's winded. Uh, he starts training with Mickey. No, sorry, Polly. Training with Polly. Uh, and basically, Polly says, you bonking my sister? He goes, don't talk dirty. He goes, you screwing my sister? Now, this is partially, not partially, but the, you come to grips with why he would say this because he's drunk. Because we clearly see he's drinking on the job. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's slightly more excusable than if a sober guy does this. I think if a sober guy does this, that's really messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And so at which point, Paulie's angry, you know, which, you know, alcoholism, yeah, absolutely, right? And not only that. I know that he's always going on at her and stuff, but who's feeding him? Who's making sure he's, oh. you know, if he's if she's going to leave the house, yeah. where does that leave him? Where does it leave him and what does it mean for his life? Because his yeah, life yeah. is always, maybe he feels better about himself because she's there. But we do see he cuts off a piece of meat and gives it to Rocky. He does, Like yeah. he is like, you know, trimming the fat, pun not intended, and, and giving, you know, cutting a little bit off the top and giving it to Rocky yeah, and sort of yeah. making sure he's okay, um, which then feeds this idea of you owe me. Yeah. I've done this little thing for you. What do you mean you can't give me this giant balloon payment now? <laughs> it's payback time. And so um, Mickey punches the meat in anger, and Rocky gets this idea. Yeah, it's pretty good. And so he starts punching the meat. Now, this and the idea of running up the streets, uh, the steps of the of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, these are actual things that were taken from the real-life story of Joe Frazier. Wow. And Joe Frazier received no credit for this. Really? Yeah. And it's a shame because he's in the movie. It is. 
So, and when shooting the scenes where he punches the slabs of beef, probably more so in the press conference one. Yeah. Um, Sylvester Stallone punched the meat so hard for so long that he flattened his knuckles. Oh, really? And to this day, when he makes a fist, his knuckles are completely level with the rest of his hand. Wow. I can make my knuckles do that. That's creepy. That's creepy. And this is where we get the speech, no fooling around during training. And um, Makes your weak legs, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, dames make the legs weak or something yeah. like that. At which point then we cut to him and it's like, no, she, she wants to like, she wants to make out a bit. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no fooling around. He goes, oh, he goes, no, I mean it. I mean it. At which point I'm kind of with Rocky going, okay, you said you mean it. And she keeps, she gets a little bit upset. The problem is he goes, go put the meat on. And I'm like, oh, you sound just like Polly. <laughs> I know. <sighs> so then he goes and he, he apologizes he and she forgives him. And, but that's the last, this like, don't sleep with women things and they get brought up the whole movie. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, he doesn't, st- if anything, she moves in with him. I mean, like, you, you don't he, tell me that. He has not- a conversation with Mickey about it in the next scene. Well, here's the problem. The problem is that he does have the conversation in the next scene, which suggests to me this isn't the order it was supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. I think it's completely yeah, yeah. shot. I think it's been edited in a different order than it was intended here. Because, um, but we go to the gym and we got, uh, I love a good Rocky fight sequence. I've said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, lay off that pet shot, Dame. Women weaken legs. No more fooling around. And I've got, this must be out of sequence. And then we go to Adrian's waiting outside of his house and goes, Oh, you're a heartbreaker. You're going to break hearts. And she's like, I got a surprise for you. And it's the dog, Buckkiss. And I'm like, Where did that come from? I hear you. Relationships are great. Okay. First off, where's she hiding this dog? Yeah. Close your eyes. There's a giant dog. <laughs> but secondly, like that's a big commitment you just gave someone. Unless he said, yeah. Oh, I really would like to have that dog. Oh, I love this dog. But oh, I wish he, I could have this dog. Doesn't he talk to that dog he a does lot? Ta- he does talk to it. Is that enough? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you're saying. Maybe she's intending that she can help to look after it and take it back with her if he doesn't want it, maybe. Yeah. So there's a, there's a media scrum in the meat locker because Polly set this up. And to do Polly a favor, he does the interview. Um, and so, like, this is where he does the big, and there's like multiple cuts of him fighting the meat. Yeah. And I'm like, what kind of fancy TV news crew rig you got? How many cameras you send over Especially here? Especially because they only show us one when we see, when Rocky walks in. Yeah. You only see one come like, up when not, they start you're not filming. sending three cameras to <laughs> no. edit this together. It was no. And it would be one shot of him. In the, you're not moving around to get no. cinematic angles. Did you notice the camera, though? It looked like reel to reel. <laughs> I didn't notice that. No. Did you not see that? No. That looked like reel to reel. And where's the dog during all this? Because when he shows up to the meat packing plant, he's yeah. got the dog. Yeah. So I don't know if the dog. I did think this. Is yeah. the dog in an office? No, no, the dog's chewing on some meat. <laughs> the dog is like attacking one of these carcasses. Oh, yeah. And then we go to easy. and then we go to Christmas. Way to keep a dog entertained. And yeah. this is a hard scene. Christmas and Polly is drunk. And according to Burt Young, during filming of the scenes where Polly walks home drunk, an actual drunk wandered onto location and told Polly Young, the guy who's Burt Young who's playing Polly, told him he wasn't acting drunk convincingly. So <laughs> Young went, "Well, how do I do it?" <laughs> and so young men copied the man's actions for the scene wow <laughs> so that's kind of a cool thing and I think I need this story because Polly goes nuts in this scene and he it's does. really hard to watch this uh, Polly goes nuts because he can't get and to be fair I'm sure it's not good to walk into a thing where they're talking about you and kind of make it what can I do he doesn't really know what he's doing that would be hard to walk in on yeah I still don't uh, give him oh no 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 and he gets the baseball bat and yeah. it's really dark and uh, he goes, I gave you my sister. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then she gets up, though, and takes her dignity back and says, you gave me nothing. I do. I click for you. I clean for you. I do. The, I don't yeah. owe you anything. No, exactly. And she 
he goes and smashes some stuff up, and she goes to Rocky and goes, "You want a roommate?" Yeah. So and she's never stood up to him before. So no, this is a big moment for her. It is a big moment because earlier she complained back at him a little bit, but didn't mm. really stand up. And this yeah. is her sort of taking it up. Uh, and then we go back to the uh, training facility, and Mickey is spewing catchphrases. You're going to eat thunder and crap lightning. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then Mickey comes by and they kind of just make up. Mm. And it was one of those things where I get like he's your friend forever and ever and ever. But I think some lines were crossed there. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think he, I don't think if he says sorry, it's not very convincing. And not only that, it's not to, it's not to Adrian. Yeah. But two men have a conversation and Rocky okays it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now we can say maybe he had one, but you know, I used to study underneath a professor at university when we talked about things like Shakespeare go, if we don't see it, we can't say it happens. Okay. If they make reference to it, fine. If they say, hey, we had a conversation, we're cool, fine. But there's nothing that gets said. So we have to assume that does not happen. Yeah. Also, nothing in Paulie's character would suggest no way. that he would have gone to her and apologized. No. I'm going to go talk to the man I gave her to <laughs> and apologize and say, I've got an idea for some money. And Rocky goes, hey, if you can make some money off my name, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a running sequence with the again? thief. <laughs> yeah, this is the good one. So I got a few things to talk about here as I check the time. Here we are. So the musical score for Rocky was composed by Bill Conti, who previously composed the director for the Dixie Dance Kings in 75. That had been rejected by the studio. But the director for that piece was John Abelson. So he got oh, him for this. Oh, nice. Uh, they originally wanted someone else. And then when it was, with the cost didn't work, they went, okay, we'll get, we'll get Bill Conti instead. And can you imagine this film without that music? It would be so much worse off. This film is such like a perfect like ha- cocktail of like storms coming together or something. It just all yes. happens to like come together perfectly. This is this is a bit like um, Halloween with John Carpenter. Without the music, you wouldn't have the gravity to the film. And it's the same with this. You you wouldn't have the gravity without the music. Stop uh, plugging your Halloween choice. I just, I just want to point out the crowd. I'm the only one who hasn't plugged my choice to this point. I didn't actively plug. Hey, well, Rocky don't Horror. S- don't scream at me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I won't act- this was in context. This wasn't planned. If, if this was a video podcast, <laughs> <laughs> looks would kill. I'm just saying, it, 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 the music gives it more gravity. It absolutely does. I hear you on that. And so uh, this is the montage where I've got down. I-, I thought it said something else. I thought it was going, getting stronger. But apparently it's fly higher or something flying higher flying I thought. higher which i think is probably right I and i thought climbing higher uh, or climbing higher flying climbing so, higher yeah but most of the I scenes <laughs> most of the scenes of rocky jogging through philly were shot guerrilla style which means no permits no equipment no extras just get out there with a camera and you so, can see that though, the you? scene where he runs past the, the the boat that was moored by the shore yeah uh, for example the crew were simply driving by the docks and the director saw the boat and thought it would make a good shot so we had stallone get out of the van and run alongside the key while avidson himself filmed from the side door it's gonna fly now with lyrics getting strong now we're getting strong now i'll take oh, that yeah. yeah getting strong which is kind of like does you know hit it on the head a little hard, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he's actually getting strong now. <laughs> um, Just in case you missed it, he's getting strong now. In the famous <laughs> shot where uh, Rocky's running through the uh, fruit market and he's thrown an orange, if, if it looks like Rocky barely catches it, it's because he did not know the guy was going to throw him an orange. <laughs> it's also because the people had no idea a they were shooting a movie or or what movie it was. 
So the guy's, some just random guy the guy's just orange. throwing him an orange, probably just trying to like drum up some business because he sees some people around. Yeah, and he yeah. goes, here, have an orange. And do you know the That's best thing brilliant. about this, right? He probably lived off this for the rest of his life. Oh, he's like, I'm the orange, orange throwing guy. It's off screen, unfortunately. <laughs> you don't really see the guy who tosses no, it. You just see the orange come into a shot. But it's a cool story to tell. It is a cool it? story. I'm the one that threw the orange. A slightly less cool about not getting strong now. When shooting his famous jog through the streets of Philadelphia, Sylvester Stallone pulled a tendon in his leg <laughs> and was taken to a nearby hospital in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> that is brilliant. Out there on getting stronger <laughs> in a wheelbarrow. And this is where I have to geek out a little bit for a minute. Go on. Running up the stairs. Because yes. you mentioned about that shot. Oh, my God. A year before, that shot would have been impossible. Because the minute you take a camera with you and you want to move. Those cameras uh, have been so heavy back they're then. They're heavy they? and they're shaky as, as, yeah, as yeah, all yeah. get up. And so you would have to build a rail. But if you build a rail, you can't go up elevation limit. It would yeah, have been yeah. impossible to get that shot. So there was this guy, Garrett Brown, who invented something called the Steadicam. And the Steadicam is like a contraption that ah, you sort of yeah, have yeah, around yeah. you and you can move around and it looks really, really smooth. It's got like suspension to it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And actually, in order to prove what his invention did, they happened to be by the Philadelphia Museum of Art. He was close to the area. So he films his girlfriend, who would later become his wife, running down the stairs. So he follows her down the stairs. Wow. And then she turns around and runs back. I've seen the footage. And runs back up the stairs. And he runs back up the stairs. And so when Rocky comes around, and they're like, he, he goes, I've got this camera that can do this. Did you say a year before? Yeah, like the year before. Wow. He invents it in, this is 1976, yeah. right? Garrett Brown invents it in 1975. Uh. So this is the third film ever. It's often called the first. It's not the first, but it's the third film ever, and it's the one that everybody remembers yeah. that uses a Steadicam. That's cool. So it, it, it was really, really cool that this kind of everybody... So to This th- iconic scene. Yeah. This could have been different. Such cut, you couldn't have done the scene. No, you wouldn't. You would have had to have done it from like distance shots. You couldn't have run with and them. zoom. Yeah, you, you couldn't have, have run like with them. Film from the bottom and the top and the and middle just cut and cut it. it. Yeah. yeah, and it wouldn't have been the same as no going way. with him up the stairs because you you build the momentum going with him. Yeah, and that's I mean, what gives it. We the... should have filmed like you know Garrett Brown doing it, getting strong. <laughs> because when he films his girlfriend running down and then running up, he runs out of breath about the last landing. He Does doesn't he? quite make uh, it because bless him, he's got yeah, the camera. Absolutely. He's not trained for this. He's just going on adrenaline. Going, it looks good. Good. Because it's this giant like tube that goes to his eye so he can see what the footage is. But the other eye can't be covered because he has to see where he's going. Wow. So like how you know how you're not falling over and impaling your eye. I have no idea. That's crazy. That is very impressive. As someone who's got zero spatial awareness, and you'll know it if you've ever seen me park, that is absolutely incredible. I do love this scene. I forgot when you said Rocky, I forgot I was gonna be doing I was at work going this week going, I'm so gonna get to talk about Garrett Brown in the podcast. That's That's great. And so that is that. Um, but yes, if we ever go to Philadelphia, we are so it. running up them doing steps. Doing it. <laughs> um, I'll just film from the bottom. And then we think of the night before the fight, and there is a poster above the ring when Rocky fights Apollo Creed that shows Rocky wearing the wrong color shorts. Now, did you notice those shorts, though, were in earlier scenes with other boxers in Mickey's gym? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. There was two of them wearing the same boxer shorts. And Georgia said... Well, I said, I wondered if... The line was put in because when they got the posters, they realized that the colors were the wrong way round, And they were like, we've got to explain this away. We can't afford to change the poster now. <laughs> According to the director's DVT commentary, this was an actual mistake made by the props department. Hey! That they could not afford to rectify. <laughs> so when so Stallone wrote the brief scene to ensure the audience did not see it as a goof. Now, I don't know about the whole scene because the scene's important because it's where the guy who's the promoter goes, doesn't really matter, does it? Mm. So I think the scene probably exists. Yeah. I think they add to it. I think Rocky's got to have someone take his confidence away because it's a big deal because he has yeah. to go home and have this conversation with yeah. Adrian, which he does. 
does. And he says, I don't think I can win. It doesn't matter if I win. I just want to go the distance. And he tells us no one's ever gone the distance with Apollo. Mm. Creed. Creed. Yes. Yes. And so this is where we have our rules now for what it means to win. The, to, to win isn't to win. To win is to last the distance. Yeah. In the same way that we're told in seven which, last week. Which is realistic. If, if, if John Doe shoots, if you shoot John Doe, John Doe wins. Yeah. If someone tells us what the rules are. And it is realistic. It would be a little too Hollywood if he, if, if he wins in the end. It's a bit like um, our hometown football team playing against Manchester United. You know, we're not going to win. It's like how many goals can if we keep out? If you can keep it within a goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, like it's a yeah. win for us, isn't it? Uh, and so the night before, we talked about this, right? Um, so in the fight, and Adrian's going to wait backstage, and he goes, wish me luck. I'm going to need it. And then he goes, she goes, what do you think about the robe? She goes, I think I don't think it's too baggy. <laughs> and that's because it is. So another thing, yeah. the robe came too baggy. And so he wrote in the line a few lines about the robe being baggy so that anybody who questioned it would go, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've addressed that. I loved how she didn't answer the question. Yes. <laughs> She uh, just repeats good luck, doesn't yeah. she? And yeah. it's also an advert because it's got the idea for – and Polly gets three grand in which she spends 250 bucks, which is like five grand at yeah. that time on a hooker. <laughs> he's like, it's my date. She cost me 250 bucks. He bought a hooker. That's crazy. And he's got this like pimp outfit yeah, on. It is, like, yeah. It's like the worst 70s pimp look he's oh. got. So he's blown it all in one go, which is what Polly would do, isn't yeah. it? I really like the line, I trained you to be a fighter, not a billboard. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and Apollo Creed should have been a pro wrestler because he comes out and he's a giant American flag. Yes. I was thinking and this. You will like this because um, Xavier Woods, yeah, who uh, used to wrestle in a different company called TNA, as consequences Creed. Right. Creed, named yeah. after Apollo Creed. That's cool. And so he would come out in like the red, white, and blue. Like he the basically shorts. he basically was just aping That's Apollo really Creed. Cool. So yeah, so and he, he he's he's very charismatic. So it's actually yeah, yeah, easy yeah. It's an easy fit there. Um and so then there's some then they go show around at, at the crowd and there's a lot of like like stock footage it looks like, like footage Yeah, stock. that does not gel well, does it? It doesn't because they couldn't get enough extras to fill the Oh, that, that makes sense now then. But it's just going yeah, that looked that looked rough. Yeah, um, and so Joe Frazier's there, and the deal was they actually invited any like surviving world champions to come on out for the fight. And he was the only one. Who and Joe up. Frazier's the only one who showed up because Frazier's from Philly. Nah. good and, old Joe and, Frazier. And so it went well. It makes sense that he'd come, yeah. but still, we thought there'd be more. I loved his suit. Can we just take a what, pause for that, for that mint green yeah. and pink shirt? That was that was incredible. And then Stallone sees Frazier talking to Creed. And he goes, oh, they must be friends. And that's because Frazier and Ali were really, really, really good friends uh. until they fought. And then they fell right out because Muhammad Ali was vicious in his, like, put downs. Like, he wouldn't stop jabbering. He wouldn't stop cutting them up. From what I understand, he never meant any of that, Ali. No, he's just selling a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that took a good few years for them yeah. to resolve their differences. The boxing gloves worn in the fight were called Casanovas, and they were illegal in the U.S. Mm. But Sylvester Stallone and the producers chose them because they were sleek. Before shooting the fight, Stallone and Carl Weathers and the director decided the scenes needed to be shot in a unique way to make it look more realistic than other boxing movies of the period. I'm going to restate this. They wanted to look more realistic than other <laughs> boxing movies of the period. Weathers and Stallone all went to a ring and began to block out the moves, but it wasn't working, and it looked staged and not energetic. So after the stuntmen resigned due to creative disagreements, really? yeah, uh, Abelson told Stallone, go home and write the fight. Uh, go home and literally write it out. And Stallone came back with 32 pages 
of specific stage directions for the fight, which he and Weathers then learned like a ballet over a period of a few weeks. In total, they rehearsed the fight for over 35 hours. It's like me and Liam trying to do our sword fight. Was, we got that it? written yeah. down and everything. Stop adding stuff. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, round one, and right off the hop in round one, Rocky knocks him down. He does. And Rocky doesn't go to a neutral corner like you're supposed to. Oh, okay. And the ref has to, like, push him, not once but twice, and says, go over there. If he doesn't have to do that, Creed's down way longer than 10, and Rocky's the world champion. I, do you know what? I thought that. I kept saying to you, why isn't he getting up? What? Yeah. Surely, the, I mean, come on. Yeah. No, he should have been. He would have been out for much longer than the 10 count. If Now, granted, it's a movie, so he's never, yeah, he's never yeah, going yeah. to. But there's just a little technicality. Also a technicality, Rocky would never have been eligible for the world championship because you have to be in the yeah. top 10. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. Um, and so then we go and uh, we finish the round. And there's we get the two and the best part about boxing is also the conversations in the corner. So yeah. during the fight, there's no there's very little dialogue because you're fighting. Yeah. And then we make up for that in the corners where we get key information from our main characters. And we find out that Rocky's nose is broken. Something he was very proud of yeah, because he, he never hasn't, had his nose yeah. broken. Which I think it's important that Creed got something out of this. Yeah. And there was something. Creed you know, no one's gone the distance, but no one's broken Rocky's nose. Yeah. And so then we get the the guy, and there's this one guy who was in um, Apollo Creed's corner, who was always saying, you need to take this guy seriously. This guy looks like he means it. He's the guy that goes on to be in the other ones, isn't he? I, 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 you, yeah, I think you mentioned I, that. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I like him. And he goes, he doesn't think it's a show. Yeah. He thinks it's a fight. Yeah. And that's like, you got to wake up now, Creed. Yeah. Round two, more Rocky winning. Rocky's holding his own, and there's lots of punching after the bell. Like, they both would have been disqualified for this. Of course. Uh, and then we have a montage that gets us eventually to round 14, and Rocky has nothing left. And he's knocked down, uh, and then in comes Adrian. She was going to wait in the back. She starts to come on out, and Mickey's going, stay down. Because you don't want to get it. And he gets up, and Apollo's luck. You mentioned this. Apollo. Look at Apollo's face. is like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I love that. It was that. really good. It was yeah, so good. Like was, oh, come on then. Might be the best bit of acting Weathers does the whole film. And he's good in this. He is good. He's yeah. good in this. Um, and so, um, and Adrian's also like stunned. He's going to keep going. Yeah. And then if round 14 goes on longer, I think Rocky wins. Yeah. Because he's, he's that way, punching, it? Yeah. punching. Uh, and he gets him in the ribs, doesn't he? Gets him in the ribs, getting, and that was the thing. No one hurt. goes to the body yeah. like, like, I like Balboa. I did like that as well because, I mean, it's just payoff for him punching carcasses in the ribs yeah. and breaking them yeah. earlier in the film. I mean, I told earlier, no one goes to the body like like Balboa. Like, he's, that's the one mm. thing he's really, really good at. And so, um, a quick aside before we get to round 15. During filming, Stallone and Weathers both suffered injuries during the shooting of the final fight. Stallone suffered bruised ribs, and Weathers suffered a damaged nose, the opposite of what happens to their characters. <laughs> that is so ironic. Isn't that great? That's brilliant. Uh, each of the four rounds were shot twice. Uh, one, these are rounds 1, 2, 14, and 15. Once regularly, and then once with Steadicam with Garrett Brown in the ring. So the same guy who did the other yeah, thing. Yeah. So got to walk around and do some cool stuff with the Steadicam there, which I thought was nice. Yeah, yeah. And then round 15, just before it, Rocky can't see, and he says, cut me oh, so oh, I can yeah. see out of my eye. And then it's a typical Rocky fight. You're going to punch the- me as hard as you can. I'm going to punch you as hard as I yeah. can. And then when it's over, we'll like hug in the ring or something. Yeah. But instead of the hug, we just get Apollo Creed going, there ain't going to be no rematch. No, no rematch. There's never no. a rematch because he's going, I, I, I might not take you again. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're too good. And then we get the closing theme and it swells and Adrian comes running in. We get, Adrian, 
because he can't see. Yo, so he, Adrian! So, so he, has to scream, he has to scream her name because he doesn't know where she is because yeah. he can't see. And she's like, Rocky! Rocky! Now, what I've learned is that Polly can't get through security, but apparently if you're a woman, you can get right through security and into he a ring. Holds he, holds, ring the, he holds the ring up, up for yeah. her. Yeah, you mentioned this. It's like the one bit of... Cause he, cause, yeah. He's like blocking the security yeah. against the yeah. is this ring and he pulls it no. up and lets her under. No. Maybe in the time, I don't know, but not not. Now. It's not no. enough to redeem him, no. no. And we find out, if you're listening, and it's interesting, because they don't show us it. If you're listening, it's a split decision. Yes. And, cre- yes, and, and, yeah. and Apollo wins. Yeah. Uh, I did hear that, because then I didn't hear who had won You don't get the visual, yeah. Yeah, you just I didn't get, know. Because it's not a story, it's not, it's not it's a story not, about a fight. No. It's, no, a, it's yeah. a story about, about a romance, isn't it? About a couple. Um, so we had a little bit about the ending here. So sources reported that Stallone and Abelson nearly came to blows <laughs> over the film's ending. Stallone wanted Creed to be the clear winner of the fight as a way of showing there were other victories for Rocky. But Abelson cut the conclusion in such a way that preview audiences weren't sure who'd been declared the champ. They did agree, however, though, there needed to be more of a resolution to the Rocky-Adrian story. On the rough cut, she doesn't come to the ring. Okay. On the rough cut, she stays in the back the whole time. I'm glad she came and you don't ring. get that payoff. So they ordered the reshoot, and the time she comes into the arena to watch the last rounds of the, of the match. And when you know they, they find each other and they walk away and they're happy and in love, yeah. they, they go ahead and shoot that. And that's the upbeat ending that Stallone wanted for his hero. Now, I mentioned earlier there were like seven or nine or whatever it was, different drafts. Yeah. The original ending of Rocky was supposed to be that Rocky throws the fight after realizing he doesn't want to be part of the professional boxing world after all. I'm glad that wasn't the ending. You couldn't have had a sequel then. No. No. I would I like to say he dies or something. I, <laughs> I honestly would like to have seen Apollo as clear winner. Because like you said, he wasn't in the top 10 to win the, the thing. Yep. You know, and that had been... No way would an untrained boxer go up against a prime fighter yep. and get that close. Well, in Rocky Balboa, which he does have a big fight at the end of it, right? Yeah. Um, and he goes up against the champ. And then as they're leaving, like they're reading the score out, and Rocky's just leaving the ring. Yeah. And you get the shot of the guy celebrating his win, but Rocky's kind of just like waving it off as he yeah, goes. And yeah. you clearly see, like, he gets his moral victory. Yeah. Kind of like in this film. Yeah. But you still don't have any con- confusion over who the winner is. Yeah. And I wouldn't have minded one clear shot of Apollo maybe being happy and then kind of wondering why, like, Rocky looks so happy. Yeah. Because yeah. Rocky doesn't care because he got what he want, what he came there for. Exactly. Because no one thought he was going to win. And I'm so glad he doesn't win. Yes. I'm me so too. glad he me doesn't too. win. Me what did too. you guys feel? You hadn't seen this before. Did you want Rocky to win? Would it have been God, better no. if Rocky wins? No, no, no. no. Oh. Really couldn't have cared less. Okay, so we know kind yeah. of what really <laughs> most of this. Uh, the awards. So this wins three Academy Awards. Any guesses? Music. Cinematography? I'm going to nope. say, I'm going to say, um, 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 screenplay. No. Oh, okay. See, I would have thought that too. I thought editing? the steady cam would have. Editing. I think when you get sports movies, especially boxing movies, yeah, yeah, they yeah. let themselves all to editing. It does yeah. win best film editing. There's two more. Uh, directing? Yes. Oh, come on. So, Ab- Ableton wins <laughs> just, for directing. I'm just throwing shit, save a stick. <laughs> and it's just the big one left. Uh, I mean, the big one. Uh, best film. Best film. Best picture of this thing wins. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the interesting thing is, Ableton doesn't come back to for number two to yeah. direct, which you'd think, I won the yeah, Oscar. Yeah. And he, it was, the decision was his. He actually 
didn't do it for love because he was involved with a girl and she was doing a different film. So he went and joined her over there. Oh, the okay. film was a disaster and they didn't last. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I think he comes back and does another one in the series at some point. It might have been five. I think it was Rocky oh, Five okay. he comes back for. Not nearly the same the film. The weakest as Rocky one, one, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I haven't seen two. So, um, good. So the Directors Guild of America awarded Rocky its annual award for Best Film of the Year in 1976, and the screenplay was selected by the Writers Guild of America as a 78th Best Screenplay of All Time. Um, however, Rocky is listed by Empire Magazine as number nine on their list of the top ten worst pictures to win Best Picture Oscar. Do you remember what number one was? No. Because we talked about this. At the same poll by Empire listed Braveheart oh, s- at number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, in 2015, The Hollywood Reporter pulled hundreds of Academy members, asked them to re-vote on past controversial decisions, and the Academy members said given a second chance, they would have awarded the 1977 Oscar for Best Picture to all the president's men. Oh, okay. And as of 2015, uh, Sylvester Stallone remains one of only two people to have been the sole writer of an original screenplay, to have starred in the leading role for that film, and have been nominated for Oscars for both. The other person is Charlie Chaplin. Wow. That's cool. Not too often you hear those two names together. No. Um, and as a little side note, a musical was written on the, on the story of Rocky. Okay. Um, it I think I came out this. in October 2012 in Hamburg, Germany, but then had a performance on Broadway or run on Broadway. Yeah. It lasted about three, four months. I thought you were going to say three rounds. <laughs> had about 140 shows. Uh, I guess, unlike Rocky, it could not go the distance. The distance. I do I remember also... this coming out. I that's You've just triggered like a. Really weird memory yeah. for All me. Right. Yeah, I remember this. You know how much I like Travolta in Sad Night Fever and Grease and stuff, right? In Sad Night Fever, in his room, there is a picture of Rocky. Oh, oh, yeah, you've said this, yes. Yeah, and I love the fact that the sequel, Staying Alive, is then written by Stallone. Oh, is it really? And, <laughs> and it's got um, Frank Stallone in it as well. Yeah, there are lots of Stallones. So, I don't think I have uh, this I somewhere here, but there's lots of Stallones. I caught three on the cast list, okay. and that's actual Stallones and not the guy who other, rings like, the names. bell yeah the guy who rings the bell is definitely a Stallone yeah Buckus uh, one of the women <laughs> I think one of the women who are like walking around with the signs I think one of them's a Stallone oh, are they? His, his, wife, his, his wife is someone Stallone's his, wife at the time is one of those people his dad's also in there as well his dad so, rings the bell because it said Frank yeah. Stallone Jr. oh okay and yeah. his brother's one of the singers yeah 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 and then and, the, and dog. the dog yeah Buckus. <laughs> so endgame role of women mm. it could have been a lot worse it could have been a lot better mm-hmm. i think there are redeeming points for it for adrian does get to stand back up to paulie she does get and adrian stands up to paulie yes like sylvester Stallone doesn't punch him out no no it is While adrian she goes thanks yeah. rocky she does it yeah. yeah and i'm gonna argue you can have a movie where the antagonist is is a dick to women you can have that because that, 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 that's a story. Because These things happen. They're the villain, then, aren't yes, they? Yes, they're yeah. the villain. Yeah. My issues at it were at times where Rocky, I felt cross lines. And I really didn't like, more than anything, I didn't like the fact he stuck around. Again. When he knew that she didn't want to go out. I, yeah, I, I didn't like that either. But again, it, it's a product of his time. You know, what was it like back then? No, no I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably in agreement with you. I'm just saying that was the hardest thing for me to and, watch and at me. this point. And me. I don't know that if I was in that situation, though, you'd want to stick around because you want to make sure that this asshole of a brother isn't about to do anything else like you'd i'd feel too awkward just to walk out without kind of saying anything rocky so, asks about 10 times she knows i'm coming 
Yeah. When you find out she doesn't. So ten That's times not his to, fault, though. Is ten it times would suggest, though, he, he wants to respect her wishes, does yeah. it not? Yes. And then he d- just doesn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's so the audience can go, oh, he's not that bad of a guy. Look, he asked. But then when he found out, she went, oh, he stuck around because, you know. I think that just makes Paulie more of an asshole. I don't think that affects Rocky as much. But. Where else is he going to get his Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner? Should we talk? Well, the alleyway, apparently. The alleyway. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk? How do we? What do you do with Paulie? The film wants us to forgive him. He shows up. I in don't a, forgive him. Though. He shows up in his pimp outfit. The film is telling us he's funny. Mm. We should forgive him. I don't got know. Three, I know, but so then what, what, what do we do with, with Polly? Because Stallone wants us to forgive him, I believe. Oh uh, Yeah, I do, because yeah. he's then in the rest of the movies. Yeah. You know, he isn't... Now, something that needs to be said, I mean, I, I, you can't attribute it to this film, because this film's a standalone product. Yeah. In Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky Six, yeah, Polly breaks down. He does. And apologizes for how badly he treated Adrian, because at this point, Adrian's passed on. That's right. And he apologizes and says he feels so guilty and he can't forgive himself for what he's done. Um, that doesn't make up for any of this stuff because this film no. needs to be studied or analyzed in and of its own merit. Um, a little too late as well. A little too, oh, absolutely. And, that, and then that, that's the cruel irony. of he's, yeah. he's a tortured soul and always is. And not one of those cute ways, but like in legitimately. Yeah. He's got demons. Yeah. Demons upon demons. I still don't forgive just, him though, even when I watched it. Do no, I, I don't forgive him. Uh, props to the actor who does a fantastic job. Oh yeah, Burt Young. Yeah. And doesn't get enough credit for it. No. So I don't dislike this character at all. I don't like the idea I that just, we're supposed to forgive him. I just know when we talk about favorite characters in a minute. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe so. I don't think anyone's going to talk about him. But I think as far as performance goes, I think oh, it's brilliant. I, I've, got, I've got to rate it. Yeah, it's so definitely. good. It's so good. And it's hard to play a character like that. Okay, on that note, let's go to best character. Who did we like in this film? Uh, I can't wait to hear Ellie's choice in this, but Liam, let's start with you. My favourite is Burgess Meredith. Mickey. Mickey. (laughs) Yeah. I just love the Mickey scenes because, like that bit with uh, when he goes, you see when he goes to the apartment or to the flat or whatever you want to call it, um, you can see the childlikeness in him trying to relive his youth. Yeah. Trying to show, you know, this is what, you know, what I had. Don't throw it away. He also says, I'm, I'm 73 or 76 or whatever it is years old. He's also an old man realizing this yeah. is it. Just like it's Rocky's last shot, it's his last shot. Yeah. And much like Rocky, he never got to be a contender either. No. And he feels it was taken away from something else that wasn't his fault because someone did spin better than him. Yeah. And if only someone knew the ropes and could help him. I like I liked, I liked them scenes between them because they were quite fraught but also quite tender and at we the did, same time. And we did say that role is pastiche, like that grizzled yeah. old veteran. Yeah. I think there's a reason for that. I think Burgess Meredith is very good in this. Yeah. Ellie? Uh, so the only character that I like in this film is also Mickey. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So he's, he's the person that I wrote down a couple of quotable lines from. Like, I wouldn't say I particularly laughed at any of the lines, but perhaps like might have encouraged a slight smile from me <laughs> um and um yeah he's he's just the only person i didn't hate really okay okay georgia no i really like mickey as well genuinely um he made me smile when he was on the screen and there is definitely a reason that role has been pastiched and done so many so times, many times yeah. since then um i do really appreciate parts of adrian as well her standing up for different bits and pieces. Later, I do, but not at yeah. the beginning. No, at the beginning, I think it was underdeveloped. I think if you yeah. have a bit more of her character at the beginning, you then don't find it as weird with Rocky later, because if they talk more then, I think she could have gave a little bit more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She just didn't give anything. 
Yeah, no, unless she was doing that big scene Which, where she fights, fights up for herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in the early stages, if she had to give a little bit of something so the audience knew that she wanted Rocky. Yeah, yeah that, that forgives it, a lot it, of it the rest have, of it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I... Yeah. I really want to say Adrian, but but I can't because I don't think her arc. It, it just is. I've been kissed into self respect, yeah. and then I'm fixed. And she has great moments, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm going to go with Apollo Creed. I think I thought you would. I, I think, knew you would. I was really tempted to go Rocky, but I think Apollo Creed is a likable antagonist. Yes, and I think. Uh, you have to have that, I think. And the idea of he's going to win. And the audience needs to be okay with the idea that he's still the winner. Yes. Oh, and you can only do that in a couple of ways. And one is going, he's just really good, which he is. Mm-hmm. But he's also, like, damn likable. And he has some hubris, right? He overestimates, but finally gets it together. And by the time it's over, like, he's beating Rocky. You can clearly see that yeah. in their interim, he's done the job. And, and I'm okay with that. And he, he just plays that part to perfection. And I'm looking forward to actually at some point watching Rocky too, just so I can see the next chapter, which oh, is very it's great. It's yeah, great. Yeah. I would just like to correct my statement. I, I didn't hate Apollo Creed. I was going to ask, because you said you hated every, the only no. you didn't hate. No, I, I like I mean, Apollo I didn't Creed. really hate Adrian. I just didn't like her as a character that I didn't hate Rocky, much. but I thought like, Rocky was a little yeah. one note. I found the know. scenes with Adrian very problematic, so I find it really difficult to class her as a favorite St- Stallone character. was nominated for best actor at which point I'm going oh really against who I don't know oh, okay. he didn't win he didn't win but he was nominated yeah. um, best moment best element my favorite moment was when he went to the promoter guy was it yep and uh, the camera angle you are big on cinematography these days oh I love it you are so good and I also like the montage Scene, you know, run up the steps. Yeah, that yeah just, those, those iconic. Moments. It just fills me with so much joy, <laughs> and and people refer to them as the Rocky Steps. I mean, they yeah. are what they are, and they say besides, you know, they say no one's had a, the, the city of Philadelphia who have had a statue commissioned. And we talked about where yeah. it's placed, and right now it's tough to have a side, but sometimes it, in some of the movies it makes its way back at the top of the stairs. Uh, the city says they're okay with it because no one's done more for the city of Philadelphia's legacy since Ben Franklin. There we are. It's you know that and Rocky Balboa, a fictional boxer. And I even said to Georgia at one point, I said, "Oh, I've got goosebumps." Yeah, yeah he gen- his arms were genuinely like covered in goosebumps because we were getting. I think it was the first running montage. Yeah, and him being spoken to by Mickey possibly, and you just turned to me and his arms were covered in goosebumps. I was like, "Oh, you really, really are connecting yeah. with this." And this was pretty the early. Music, yeah. yeah, yeah, the music is does it. I don't think like you said earlier. Without the music, it doesn't do this. No. Um My favourite thing is definitely the music. Okay. Um, I was already familiar with the music, very much so. I've played it a lot in brass bands and stuff. Um, but it was it was really nice to hear like the little motif coming back throughout the film and like being played at different mm. speeds and like just kind of little delicate moments as well. Whereas I've always seen it as like quite a kind of bold. I mean, obviously, yeah. playing in a brass band doesn't help with that, but. I've always seen it as like a bold, brassy, oh, in-your-face yeah. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, theme. And actually, it is played so many times through the film really, really delicately. It is. Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of like variations of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite effective. So. Uh, my favorite one of them might have been when uh, he goes running after Mickey. Yeah. And, and it's like a soft piano minor yeah. key. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Uh, um, Georgia? Um, I think my favorite part of this film is that the fake blood didn't freak me out because it's pink powder paint. <laughs> 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 That's your favorite part. That's my favorite part. At least part, it's not yeah. like enough is going to stick you to the floor of this time. Yeah, no, no, no. This is, this is much. If I had to ever be covered in fake blood, I'd rather it was chalky powder paint. Than so, that. Ian, what is your favorite? See, I do like to. I like it when people ask me questions. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. Um, I like it when we get a chance. 
Um, and so my, my favorite part of it is uh, I, I try to find something y- unique or different about yeah. it. But uh, someone's uh, – it's the music. Yeah. I have to go with it. Every, everything that meant something. And God knows Stallone and the Rocky franchise loves a montage. Yes. Yeah. But you can't, in the hands of lesser musicians or a lesser composer, that could have been really, really dull. But, I mean, it takes you on a journey where I almost wonder if the visuals are accompanying the music and not the other way around. Yeah. And I think so much of this, especially with a sports film, a film like boxing, where you don't have dialogue and you need the music in the rounds to carry that story, carry almost be the dialogue of those scenes. I agree. I think wonderfully done. I'll give a, a little side shout out to editing because it was well edited with the mm-hmm. exception of there's some really bad sound editing in the speech where Burgess, Mer- uh, Burgess Meredith comes up and starts yelling at Rocky, starts yelling back and all of a sudden, you're, no, it's Polly. It's the fight with Polly on Christmas Day. Yeah. And I'm just going, where's Polly's voice coming from? That's not him. You can see his mouth. It's not moving. <laughs> <laughs> and you get his voice piping in. But I'm like, outside of that, but the, the editing, not the sound editing, but the editing overall was really, really, really strong. And, uh, kind of feel that Mr. Conti might have been robbed of an Oscar here. I think so, yeah. because that was a strong, strong part of the film. I think best best original score would absolutely have yeah. been something that I'd be very curious to see what beat him for it. Yeah. I'm not familiar with all the President's Men, but yeah, you, you better have your working boots on if you're beating this. Yes. Um, is this anybody's best role ever? I think there's quite a few people's best role ever. Uh, Burt Young, for sure. Burt Young, very, very good. He never wrote anything else. Mm, he was in Convoy. Uh, Stallone... But- Stone. I think he's Rocky more than he's Rambo. That's me. Yeah, he's he's more Rocky than Rambo. And I haven't, I don't remember Talia, whatever her Shire. name, Shire from the Godfathers. I remember her from this. So I think it's, it's most yeah. people's. These are the roles you you and remember. Just Meredith, you know. Yeah, you don't really see him much other than no. you know the Carl old, Weathers. Old Batman. Did ha- he's one of the few who had something really, really big. I mean, Stallone obviously did, but Stallone wasn't was the, the title character in this yeah. film. Carl Weathers would have you know other big, big, big roles. Predator Two. Uh, yeah. For instance, uh, a nice recurring role in the rest of the development, but I think this is still. I think Happy Gilmore. For, I think for Happy Gilmore. I think for most people, this is their best role ever. Yeah, yeah, uh, and definitely the director. Uh, I think this was as high as he got. So, uh, do we have time for Age Game? Age Game. Let's all play the Age Game. Ooh. Are we not doing Grumbles? Oh, Grumbles! We should do a Grumble. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's do Grumbles and then we'll do the Age Game. Grumble, Grumble, Grumble. Uh, Liam, my Grumble is. We've already spoke about it, but you know, I wish. Uh, Adrian had been a bit more reciprocative. Is that the word? Reciprocal. Reciprocal. Yeah, at the beginning. So we, me, where's the audience? Didn't feel so creeped out by. Let him. me feel that although she's shy, she wants to come inside. Yeah. Let me feel that although she's shy, she wants to go on the date, and you just have to help her get there. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But this, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. With you. I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, that's my grumble. Ellie, um, we've already covered it. Just all of the scenes with Rocky and Adrian. Well, not not the latest scenes but the majority of the scenes with Rocky and Adrian just made me feel so uncomfortable and hated them Ian what's your favourite oh. <laughs> come on outside the circle yeah right? uh, you just nodded at me I was like yeah no. I'll use that to talk there you go my grumbles everybody else's I mean it's just I, I just really struggled with some of the scenes I, and the one for me it's really weird but the one for me is Rocky just standing there in the house and you, you've had your you've sort of explained your side of it but mm-hmm. just the bits where rocky independent of Polly, i'm like he, he comes oh, he starts taking his when he starts taking he, he's in he's in he's in sort of like seal the deal mode take the clothes off put the music on start saying all the stuff i bought come sit with me on the couch what you don't like me <laughs> i'm gonna stop you from leaving that's a rough scene that is yeah 
And again, give me a moment that she you get the feeling she wants to but doesn't. And he's like, it's more playful. What you don't you, you don't like me? And she's kind of going, no, I should go home. And it's a little bit more of of a dance. Yeah. And this and was, wasn't this wasn't so a wasn't, dance. No. She's going. I want to go home. Yeah. And he opens the window and she, like he's mocking her desire to tell her brother <laughs> that she's safe. Yeah. And it's like he's lording the power he has because not only am I this, I'm the guy who's your brother's friend. Yeah. Oh, that was effed up. It was. I'm gonna do a bleep. That was f***ed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally that worth was the bleep there. That's, that's 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 <laughs> Georgia. Back to you. Yeah, Georgia. What do you think? Um, I mean, other than this, I think we've spoken about it enough. The sound editing overall in this, I really struggled with. It's a bit poor, yeah. I maybe is low budget though. I, I get that. I get that. But maybe it's part of the reason I didn't find it as as disturbing as you guys is because I couldn't hear it. Okay. Yeah. I genuinely could not hear a lot of the dialogue, especially from Rocky. And I mean, as the title character, you kind of want to be able to hear what he's saying. The scene where he's with what's her Marie. name, Marie, and they do the scene where they're walking, yeah. and it's clear. But I mean, we don't, we don't have lav mics, this no. Is, so it's just project, that, it's just project your yeah. voice, and it's fine until they get to the part where they start passing the camera, and yeah. then Rocky's moving away from us, yeah. and it's like his voice is just totally bouncing off the building behind yeah. him, and it's just like, oh, I know it's the seventies, but no, yeah, I, yeah, I genuinely, especially the first half of the film, that first third. It's already quite slow paced. It is. I was really struggling to pick out his dialogue. So I was kind of going, I don't really know what's going. It was a bit like watching Amelie again. Cause I was okay. like, I can pick it up from, the yeah. <laughs> from what, what I'm being shown, but I yeah. couldn't hear it at all. Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. The age game. Okay. Rocky. Sylvester Stallone. I'm going to say 32. Georgia. 34. Oh, I'm going to go 33. He's what he says he is. He's 30. Oh, oh wow. nice job. Um, Adrian. Or younger. 27. I was going to say 27 as well. I'm going to say 29 because this is almost 30, so why not? She's not younger. She's also 30. Oh, well, there we go. Paulie. Uh, older. I'm going to say 37. 38. Uh, okay, I'll go 39. 36. Oh, <laughs> come on. Mickey? Oh, now you're telling the Mickey. Um, Talking the Mickey. That's a different podcast. Yeah, it's just a podcast. Uh, they say he's 73 in the movie, but I'm going to say... They said 30 for Rocky as well. 73 then. <laughs> See, I thought they said 76 for him. He's, he's not 73, by the way. I'm so I'm going 76. I'm going 78. He's only 69. Wow. Uh, Imagine yeah. that. Honestly, I honestly was going to go for 67. But he said but, 73 in the movie, yeah. and everything else had been, so I was like, you know. Fair enough. I was just playing um, the odds of you usually yeah. play older, younger than you are. And finally, Apollo Creed. Apollo. Carl Weathers. 34. Oh, that one's difficult. Mm. You don't see a lot of him not covered in oil and yeah. light What do you got? Stuff. What do you got? Uh, 36. I'm going to go 28. He is 28. Hey! Whoa! I think the mustache ages you. Yeah. So I think, I was like, I bet she's younger than he is. It's just the mustache makes mm. us think he's older. But what, how weird is this, right? I'm 40. Yep. Right? And yet I look at them and go, they look older than me. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, is that wrong? <laughs> no, we just have much better, um, we take better care of ourselves these days. I have a face for radio, folks. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so there's a reason this is a podcast and yes. not a YouTube channel. There's a reason we're not like there's a reason we're not like, no, not like the uh, FN Nerds podcast who are you know, doing, doing video. We're we're keeping this uh, audio only. Uh, I get asked all the time by Nick and Russ, why don't you guys do video? I'm like uh, because because I'm currently laying in a beanbag yeah. with my head upside down. <laughs> 
yeah, that is two hours. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not live editing, cutting. No, we need the room for our mistakes because yeah. we, because we make plenty of them. Occasionally. And I want to be able to roll my eyes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Everybody would know all the strange faces we make at each other when we make comments. Uh, so critics, uh, my, my favorite critic, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun Times, gave it four stars out of four and said Stallone wow. reminded him of a young Marlon Brando. Uh, I might change my vote on that. Well, if you watch the waterfront, yeah. Yes, you can kind of see that because he, he plays a, okay. a, a boxer. That, that, that's it, one role, though. That's, yeah. that's exactly the same sort of character. Right. And then several reviews, including Richard uh, Eaters, uh, said that the work reminded him of one of Frank Capra. And Frank Capra is the guy who did It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Look, yeah. Daddy, every time a bell rings, an angel yeah. <laughs> gets its wings. And it's the seminal American classics where the yeah. underdog or the everyman rises up and finds worth in his life, not in becoming world champion, but becoming happy with who you are. Yeah. And that, okay, I, I, I can buy that. So we have some of our friends here. Let's just check out what they had to say, That's shall we? Not say. a huge It's a musical podcast. Said Rocky is so much more than a boxing movie or its sequels. There is so much heart and vulnerability to it. Plus, Stallone is a great actor and writer and our friends the paul and griff show said possibly the first underdog story that inspired the genre just a great feel-good movie glad the eating raw eggs out of a glass thing never caught on though yeah and then just uh, we got a couple of reviews ourselves oh let's hear these reviews uh, critical avenue approves this podcast love the podcast always good to have some insight in film as a podcaster but also as a fan of film not huh. before coffee, uh, people who have commented on it with us before, but yeah. not a, a review like this. Great chemistry. I love the way this podcast has grown and the chemistry between the presenters. They definitely know their stuff and the differing views in them make it a fun listen. As with a lot sure of podcasts, the selection of films is not set to a specific theme and they are willing to watch pretty much anything. I'm guessing this was written after the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what they're going to be talking about and it's often some prize, and it's often some surprising to hear who did and didn't like a film mm. and then finally it's a musical podcast left us this oh nice if i could make it seven stars i would i love this podcast oh. so much the premise is simple what is the best film ever and yet they do it uh, yet, yet they do so much with it the conversations are insightful and hilarious i came by just to check out their latest episode covering one of my favorite films ever and it did not disappoint if you love film You'll love this podcast. And oh, thank you so much, everybody. You. Yeah. you guys are all five stars in our books. Yeah. Seven, if we Seven, could. yeah. <laughs> Fifteen, one for each round. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long fight. It is. That's like, so it's 15 minutes. So it's three minutes around. Fifteen rounds, 45 minutes. Yeah. Two minutes in between. Is it two minutes between each round? I think so, isn't it? Just so 14 breaks. That's 28 yeah. minutes on top of the 45. At 73 minutes, they're sitting there for. <sighs> Before, not including all the pomp and circumstance and pageantry before and after. Yeah. Yep. Long time. That's why I didn't get into fighting. I felt it was just, uh, <laughs> just it was just too long. <laughs> Amateur, three rounds and out. That was, that was yeah, what we, that's what we want to see. That's what we were up. Um, but then, then they make you wear that headgear. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, I'm not wearing that giant. No. <laughs> I, no. I, got, I got hair. <laughs> My head, I got to think, would be quite. I, I, it's a big target, I mean, <laughs> but I think it's I think it's solid. Like I think, I, I think your arms will get tired. Is what I think would happen. Okay, so I think it is time for rating. So, what do we think of this film? Let's start with Liam. As a young child, uh, this film always spoke to me, uh, the underdog, and I've always felt like an underdog myself. So, I'm going to give it a strong 
eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah. Wow. A strong eight and a half. A strong eight and a half. Yeah, only. Yeah, but you Get haven't got stronger. you haven't got the the emotion behind it like mm. I have. No, <laughs> no I don't. All this stuff. We're, all this stuff we're picking up on now. I didn't pick up yeah. on as a kid. And, Sorry, I'll balance you out, Liam. You know, so. And I think that I think this film maybe not now, but I think the film originally. I mean, it skews male. Yeah, I think it does. And I'm being funny as well. I've got also the history of all the other movies, and he gets better through the movies, mm. and their relationship gets a lot yep. better. So I've got all that of a memory. You don't. Yeah. And I have that experience, so yeah. you don't. So, yeah. So I'm going to give it a strong eight. You give it an eight, Ellie. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. A strong eight and a half. Strong eight and a half. There we go. Ellie! This is going to be the biggest um, She's going to go ten. Variety <laughs> I can feel, I can feel a ten. I can feel a ten. This has been a long um, setup. I really, really hated this. It was, it was dull and it was problematic. I'm going to give it a three. Wow. Wow, yeah. A three. I can hear a lot of people screaming right now. <laughs> Okay, three it is. There was a silence. Not even an adjective. No, just, just a three. Just a three. I mean, I'm, I'm doubling Ellie's score. I'm going six. Oh, okay. Going six. You're doubling like I'm also giving it a three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doubling down. No, no, no. Six. No, six okay. uh, fake, fake blood splats out of ten. Okay. Cool. <sighs> I'm going to go eight. Okay. I'm going to go eight. Um, there are representation issues I've got a problem with. Same. I think they were trying to deal with something a little bit sophisticated in what they felt at the time was a nuanced way. Yeah. I'm not sure they pulled it off. No. Um, no. It is a slow burn. It is. But there are some wonderful scenes. Uh, the scene beautiful. at the ice rink is a, if, it's, it's a wonderful scene. It's just a shame it's sandwiched between yeah. two bloody terror. It's like having this great sandwich with crappy bread around. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the bread's gone moldy, but the filling's still really, really good. Um, the filling in Philly. Um, all the montages are glorious the music is fantastic the final fight is everything you want from a boxing movie yeah uh and the idea that it's not about the boxing anyway it's about the relationship yeah um yeah uh i think it's i think it's a it's a it's a movie that that causes conversations to happen i think those conversations are good good conversations yeah Yeah. but it's not enough for me to throw the movie out and say that it is and that's it's totally fine to say i don't like it it's a three i found it dull i found it boring that that that, that's okay on the flip side i think it's also okay to go i see i I see the problems i do see the problems i'm also i'm I'm also aware that that actors aren't necessarily i I know i said what they said about media theorists and yada 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 i also understand that you know um films aren't where we necessarily should be learning our lessons about life and then hopefully we can get to a point where we watch things and see the characters for what they are, which is fictional characters. Yes. And not for role models. Exactly. So I'm sort of talking to both sides of my mouth there in a certain regard. But I think it's a strong movie and give it an eight. It's, it is a good movie. It, it, is. Is, a, it, is, a, it is a strong good movie. Yeah. Uh, it's and it not, sets the foundations not, for the rest. It's not in danger of punching above its weight and sort of knocking off punching the people. Like that, yeah. <laughs> and knocking off some of, the, some of the big boys over it. But I yeah. still think it's... Getting stronger, which is <laughs> It's a shame because as as the sort of the messages get more, I don't know, wholesome or just easy to easy to digest, the film quality kind of dips a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that just leaves us for what are we doing next week? Ooh. And Ellie, you are going to tell us that. Oh, I'm so excited! I've known about this one for ages. Uh-oh. Um, mm. so this is going to be my wild card. So it's not one that doesn't fit the rules. The Bratz movie. Uh, no. Uh, is, it, is, it, is it subtitled? Um, I'm no, terrified. No, it's definitely not subtitled. Um, I haven't I haven't double-checked nominations and things, but I'm pretty sure it won't um, qualify for those. Um, it does score 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, so we're okay there. It's still decent. Um, this is one of my absolute favourite films, and we are going to review 
<laughs> Ian's dun, face dun, right dun, now. Dun. This is why we do need a video podcast. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, we are going to do a 2001 film and we are going to look at Bridget Jones's diary. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I love this movie. I'm, I'm really quite cool with that. Yeah. What did you yeah, think? I'm not this movie. Movie. I'm not mad at that. What I, did you think I was going to do? I choose? thought Stardust was coming out. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I do what love a Stardust, good though. I love Bridget Jones. No, Bridget Jones is good. Yeah, is I'm great. well up for Bridget Jones. Ethan loves Stardust Have as well. Have you met Ms. Jones? <laughs> I've got a good meme for that, now. <laughs> I love Bridget Jones. I'm really, really excited. And I think George has never seen this one. Oh, it's brilliant. You have not um, seen Bridget Jones? Yeah, I've seen the first yeah. one. Okay. Oh, you told me you hadn't. I've seen the first one. Oh, I nearly, I nearly chose this while you were away and I saved it because you weren't going to be here because well, I, I thought so, you no, needed yeah, to watch it. Good, I'm, uh, I'm well um, up for that. I love, I love me some Hugh Grant. I yeah. love me some Colin Firth. Yeah. Renee Zellweger, I can deal with in this film. <laughs> Um, no, I'm well up. It's Plus, just, it's, it's 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 a giant Pride and Prejudice remake, yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm great with this. Yeah, me too. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to that. And this is the first like traditional rom com I think that we've done because we've had a bit of a debate about you know whether the crows are rom com and the whether crows Clueless is a rom com. Yeah. Anybody, got, no, I forget Bridget Jones. Is no, anybody it's... coming back from the dead in this and fighting? You know, <laughs> <laughs> is say, that our new definition? What, what do I call them? I call them discount discount Val Kilmer. Is that <laughs> discount Val Kilmer? It can't be a rom com unless someone comes back from the dead. That's just the be. rules. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see. I don't see where the, where the humor is if it's not like you know <laughs> terrible terrible line reading by a child. <laughs> <laughs> there might be like someone knocked on unconscious and then wakes oh, up. Oh, there is, there is kind of a fight scene. Well, there is. I don't know yeah. if they Through actually get properly concussed or That's not. A, you know what? I'm, Close enough. I'm well up for Bridget Jones' diary, so I'm looking <laughs> forward too. to this. You're all far more excited than I thought you'd be. Oh, this I is love, excellent. I no, love no, no. Bridget Jones. I like Bridget Jones. Me too. I remember going to see it with some friends and there were whispers, should we leave the theater? Because it starts off a little bit slow. And I was like, no, I was in my head I'm going, stick with it. I think it's going to be funny. And it was. But then it was over. Like, that was great. I'm like, yes, it was great. Even the third one's funny. So funny. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> oh. He hates the third one. Oh, I, <laughs> I so, love it as well, I love it. <laughs> With that in mind, thank you so much for joining us today for Rocky. Yeah. Uh, we definitely you. went the distance today. We did. Yes. But please join us next time when we go 12 rounds with Bridget Jones's Diary. Mm-hmm. So, for best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And you know what, everyone? Yo, everyone! We, we did, did it! it. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Take care, folks. Hey, you throw me an orange. <laughs> <laughs>